Arby. Ooh. Ooh, Arby. I wanna fuck your fanny. I wanna fuck your Arby. finally back with a brand new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. I know it's been a mad minute since we dropped a new interview, and I'm sorry for the delay, but it was worth the wait. Why, you ask? Because I have a legendary Buffalo actor today, the great John Carius, who you might have seen in films like Troma's Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead, VHS 2, and Killjoy Goes to Hell. It was a lot of fun getting to hear all the great stories of you know him working in the film industry all these years in Buffalo and in LA, and you know he has so many great stories to tell, so... I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, you know, the usual shit. Also, give us a follow on Instagram at Kellen's Petty Talk Show. There you can hear about all the new guest announcements, which there are going to be many. Uh, you know, it's, it's been a while since we've done one of these. So it's time to get back into the fold and take life seriously again. So I hope everybody's doing good out there. Omicron is burying its ugly fucking head. Pretty much everybody I know is getting COVID or has it right now. Um, I've already had it twice. Um, I'm sick of that shit. So let's get through this. I think I think by summer, I think by summer, um, we will be looking up, but we'll see. Without further ado, get to your local chicken bunker, wear your best pair of undies, and tell Lloyd Kaufman you love him because a new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show starts right now. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Not sure if you were aware, the other podcasts don't compare. Tell your mom if she's too busy to literally stop what she's doing. I need all layers on me as I interview legends for thee. Now grab your friends, your dog, and your fish. It's time to rip a new episode for the kids. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. How you doing, John? Hey, how's it going? Nice to see you again. All right. Can't wait to finally do this. <laughs> been talking about it for a while yeah yeah so like where did we first meet we met i believe buffalo dreams uh 2016 or 17 whichever uh year you had made uh condemned with you all okay so that would have been 2016 and i think yeah. was that september october november i think that was october okay. or maybe even november yeah i, I sort of know it, it it always snows for the first time like right mm -hmm. in that period uh so probably november yeah um, I actually started going to his festivals when it was Buffalo Screams back in like 2012, I want to say. 
when I did Worm Child. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still haven't seen those. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I love that he plays a lot of local stuff and, and just like a lot of really uh, weird stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's a full week. At least it used to be. Mm-hmm. So if you don't work or whatever, you can really uh, pack a lot of movies in the that week or week and a half, something like that. Oh, yeah. I used to and, get the, the whole pass, the whole festival pass. Yeah, I did that year. Um, and that was the first time I'd gone. I had already been in L.A. for a few years and I was mm-hmm. home for uh, two, two years. I went back Yeah, and um, got much more into that local film scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Greg's uh, Greg Lamerson, uh, uh, his festival is a big sort of cornerstone of that that world. Yeah. And, uh, and even if you don't see all the movies or whatever, if you go to the key shows like the 8 p.m. shows, mm-hmm. uh, all the other movie people are there. Like, like so in the cool. Area. Yeah. 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 And for anybody that doesn't know, Greg Lamerson's the director of the popular 80s B movie classic Slime City. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. And he's been putting this festival on for what, over 10 years now, right? Yeah. I don't know when it starts. Uh, I was aware of it when it started, but it's like, I feel like it was like 2010 maybe. And, um, but I know that that night was like a horror cult weird night, like the whole block. Yeah. And your, your movie was in that and a whole bunch of people that were in it were there. Yeah. And, um, such a riot. Yeah. They had built it up uh because everyone you know i'm in this one i'm in this one yeah they had a red carpet too and i really enjoyed it i think i enjoyed it more than you did we've talked about this of, of my film <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes, yes. like i really like the uh sort of big head oh the baby head uh baby and i'm i'm into that cheap movie making that yeah uh sort of raw video as video yeah that that movie has that um just the you know you should always aim higher but i do like that um, cheapness <laughs> you know uh uh bad jokes and rubber hand yeah uh, genre <laughs> you know that that was it no it sucks we lost that baby head i think i think it got lost in a flood in my house was that yours? Because that was sort of a staple of those movies. For yeah, a years. it was weird. It was like there were three of those, actually. Um, not when we did the movie, like it was that was just the one that I owned. But my aunts or something made those like years and years ago, probably 15 years ago. And there was just one like sitting in my house. And I'm like, OK, this is the perfect like mask <laughs> or whatever to put on a killer. <laughs> and it really was. I mean, it worked so well in that movie. I know that that was the um, <laughs> there's like a thing in uh, the Killer Shrews movie. That Ken Constantino made. Yeah. That cuts to a mask. I don't know if it's that mask. It's a mask awful like that. That there's like a cutaway of that character. Wait, what? In his movie? Did he steal your mask? It's like. Is it's there like, actually? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Which one? Which movie? Uh, Killer Shrews. Attack of the Killer Shrews. I think. Really? Yeah. I have that one actually on the shelf over there. You should watch it again. I might be wrong. Like maybe it's just similar. Um, might be similar. That's funny. I don't want to start spreading rumors of people. Oh, you know what? I was Stealing in Killer masks. Shoes. I played no, like I a brought it. I was a greaser. Maybe I maybe I did bring it. Yeah, it's not. It's sort of an aside joke. Like that's funny. Like um, somebody's dream or something like that. Really? And it's this this that character like is is in it. That's so weird. So, yeah, you probably put it in your car and brought it. But yeah, that movie um, that the condemned with you all that I made like. I, I put no money into that movie at all. Like nobody got paid. You know, the only thing I really did was like supply food, which we actually needed in the scene. 
Oh, that's that's good. Yeah. yeah. And in the scene, they're actually eating it. But that's about the only money I put into that movie. And then and we, it shows. But that's kind of that's kind of the fun, fun of it. it. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. for those like, you know, local New York film festivals. That was kind of the, the whole way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. Um, so did you check out like any cool movies lately? Oh, geez. I, uh, the mainstream ones I always keep up on. Um, like all I, the award ones. I really like the new Spider-Man. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, home. Oh, uh, no way home. No way home. No way home. Um, I'm into that world stuff where different uh, uh, parallel universes collide. Yeah. So that they had all the all the kinds of Spider-Man uh, in the same. Oh, that's a spoiler. Whatever. Whoever well, <laughs> hasn't seen it by now, um, you knew all the villains were in it from the trailer, but uh, that, yeah. Um, you know, if you haven't seen it by now, you're honestly, you're, are you talking about like uh, Tobey Maguire being in there? Yeah, I feel like I, that was ruined for everybody. That was ruined for me before I saw it. I had heard that when they first announced that movie mm -hmm. and then they then you stopped hearing about it. OK, so it's like, did that fall through? Yeah. And then you didn't hear anything and you heard people speculating, but you heard nothing official. Yeah. And I knew it was OK. It's not like a 99% chance they'll be in there but I thought they did it really well of like yeah uh I saw it in the theater and I do I have returned to the theater after um what two two years a year and a half of uh yeah of um hibernating mm -hmm. um back uh to the theater and um seeing those is a lot of fun because the the crowd is super amped and I remember that moment where the Andrew Garfield Peter Parker is the first one to show up of the other ones. And mm -hmm. they, they open a portal that's supposed to have Peter Parker in it. And there was a guy in the audience who recognized immediately mm -hmm. wasn't the right suit. You know, it was a older version and just, he couldn't even formulate words, how excited he was. Is he just like, ah, ah, like a, <laughs> like a panic attack or something. And then he stepped out and it's like, okay, I, I think I know what this is going to be. And he takes off his mask and it was Andrew Garfield and that and everyone cheered then. But that guy had like, what the hell is he going to going to die? You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> at least he dies happy. Like he was like, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I still need to see his new movie that tick, tick, boom. I haven't seen I haven't even seen a trailer for that. I'll see it. I heard it's and good. I will go to movies without a trailer or even a synopsis. I'll, I'll yeah. take that risk. But we're, uh, we're actually going to see Scream tonight. You excited? Yes, I, I am. Um, I highly enjoyed it. I've already seen it. I haven't. So don't spoil. I won't say uh, a damn murderers thing. that those movies really depend on. Like, I think it's this guy. Uh, Did oh you no. not get spoiled yet? That's no, I avoid. I'm pretty good at avoiding. I feel uh, like so many people are just like posting things. It's so annoying. I avoided Facebook other than just a quick skim. Yeah. Uh, the, um, you know, to see if uh, mm -hmm. any of my friends put up any funny things. But um, I've been able to avoid that. I remember I saw Scream 2 in the theater. 97. And some kids were sitting behind us. It was like Sunday and it'd come out Friday. So it was still pretty early in the yeah. run. These kids were sitting behind us who'd saw it the night before. Oh, they were talking about and it. And they were talking, oh, pay attention to this, pay attention. Oh, that that's a clue. And we were like, shut up. Shut the fuck shut up. up. <laughs> we got to find the clues as we go along on our own. You I hate know, that. Um, that was, uh, I was still in college at that point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that was a while ago. I I forgot. I remember the first one very clearly. I saw two, three, and four, but I barely remember. Especially four, I don't quite remember. Four was with um, Emma Roberts as the killer. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Four, four is really solid, actually. And honestly, I was just talking about this the other day. I think that's gotten a bigger following over time. I, I feel it like has. when it came out, nobody cared. I think it was like too soon, even yeah. though it'd been a while since one came out. Now is like the right time. And like, yeah. 20 years uh, or so. It's been 11, um, 11 since four. Yeah. And how many since the original? Well, it was, it was actually 11 since three, too. So it's been 11 years in between three, four. And so, then, so like 20 something years. Since yeah. The original was 20 or 96. So 20. Yeah. 26 years ago. So that's some people's whole lives, I think. Yeah, me. Uh, yeah, you. <laughs> you know, I turned 26 so, in March. Oh, so you're born uh, the screen year. That's, I am. That's cool. Uh, so technically I wasn't even alive when they probably filmed that. That's a different way to approach those movies then, because I saw them. I'd already seen Halloween and, uh, I saw the first scream in the theater and it was like packed. And I was surprised because I thought this was like an insiders who's going to get this jokes other than like Fangoria kids. Yeah. It was new, innovative. And then it turned out everywhere. It was like a moment of like, Oh, everyone's watching these movies. Yeah it's just a certain crowd is sort of talking about it. Yeah. Which is sort of the Fangoria kids that had like a t-shirt with Leatherface on it or whatever. Exactly. But um, they were all seeing them. So it's like, oh, okay. That was like, and I think Hollywood got that wake up call right with that too. That mm-hmm. These are uh, big, you know, bigger than they thought. Yeah. You know. So how did you get your start in acting and like just working in film in general? I grew up i always loved movies yeah um above that generation of like star wars and um you know tron and and all those like 80s movies and uh i got increasingly into horror and sort of like a video store kid into the like weirder and weirder and weirder things i was a big full moon fan a big trauma fan um who got you into that like it was like a parent into like the horror my dad liked horror. Okay. He wasn't into it to the degree I was. Okay. Uh, but he liked movies and he liked horror. Uh, he, I don't think he liked the really crazy stuff. Yeah. But uh, he didn't mind it either. It was uh-huh. like, whatever you want to do. Um, but he um, definitely liked like the universal mm-hmm. stuff. And also these kind of old uh, space movies like Flash Gordon and black and white Flash Gordon. Yeah, like of the course. Serial. Uh, so I saw all those when I was really little. And then like the 80s, the video store thing kind of happened. And that was huge. And uh, that was where like you you got through what you'd heard of in a couple months. Yeah. Like you rented all the Freddies and all the Jasons. Yeah. And then you got into these other ones and those were like a maze of like, what were they? Yeah. And you know, this whole time I was like, I want to make movies. I want to make movies. And at that point I was more uh, aspiring to be a director. Mm -hmm. And so I went to college. I went to uh, RIT in Rochester. Oh, and um, within my first, not even first year, first few months there. Yeah. People started putting me in their movies. Really? Um, which people were putting everybody in their movies. You know, that was just what they did. Just disposable, like just get anybody you can. Yeah, whoever could show up or whatever. But I was very willing to do it. Yeah. And I was uh, slightly going bald at that time. Not like I am now, but I had that like widow's peak kind of thing. Yeah. So I looked older. 
So I think older people were tough to get in a student film. Uh, <laughs> so they were using me as whatever, the dad or the cop or whatever. Yeah. And then I was like funny and um, willing to do like crazy stuff. Yeah. And I think by the end of being in college, I was in 300 or so something shorts. Wow. So I really sort of pounded that period. And that was all just through RIT or just like surrounding areas? RIT a little bit into the surrounding area. I didn't have a car. Wow. So I couldn't do if, you know, not all student films shot on campus, but you could get a ride. But when you started getting into the local filmmakers, the indie filmmakers, um, you probably needed a car. Mm -hmm. But I got into a couple in the general area um, before I had finished school. And uh, yeah. I was one of those guys who took a little too, too long to finish school, probably because I did that. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of my classes, I um, <laughs> went by the wayside yeah, a yeah. little bit because <laughs> I was I was uh, uh, had caught this acting bug, but I still <laughs> didn't quite take it that seriously. Uh, I didn't um, I didn't realize student films kind of counted on a resume, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and then I went. This is around 2000 or 2001. I went to New York City. Mm -hmm. uh, I was actually a grip on a movie in Connecticut. And on the way home, I stopped at a friend of mine's place in New York, okay. uh, the city, New York. Yeah. And uh, he lived in Brooklyn and he was in a play. And I went to his play and it was very good. I, I really enjoyed that play. And it was a black box theater uh, play. Oh, cool. And I uh, went to the after party and I don't think too many people can pinpoint a moment, like an exact sentence that's like, I should produce, um, pursue this a little more seriously. Yeah. I'll like send my resume out and stuff because I was doing it kind of as a hobby, as a joke. Mm -hmm. And at this party, my friend was cool, but some of the other actors in this um, play and also the surrounding community theater, mm -hmm. uh, troop i guess it would be uh were uh very sort of uh pretentious i was trying to think of the, a nicer <laughs> word but i can't uh and they were a little like name droppy and a little like braggy really and one of them was like last year i did two student films like said that like uh very uh like smug smug and i didn't say anything i didn't want to start a fight i'm like i think i did two like 100 200 i did two yesterday you know like i did two you know i've done two in one day before you know like like that's like okay that um that's, that's a sign if they're like putting that at the top of their resume yeah uh Hilarious. i i kind of have a edge up on these guys yeah. <laughs> you know so that and then i started submitting um to local filmmakers okay and uh at this point i had moved back to buffalo i was living in rochester for a while yeah but i had moved back to buffalo and also i was doing grip work and electric uh lighting basically lighting yeah. on some of this stuff and uh you know slowly but surely um you send out this stuff, emails. I was mostly using emails. Mm -hmm. After I had like four, then it like they started like, oh, he's in these four. He's not, I'm yeah. not the first one to take a chance on this guy. So yeah. it's sort of like elevated. 
and probably around 2006 actually i know it's 2006 i moved to la and then kind of just hit the ground running of like mm-hmm. pounding la wow i didn't know it was that early i thought it was a little bit later that's awesome yeah i moved moved to uh, yeah 2006 i had just done poultry geist yeah and at that point um <laughs> the best at that point the <laughs> buffalo film industry is not not where it was uh now so when I did the trauma movie, which I was a lifelong uh, trauma fan. Yeah. I was kind of like, I've done everything I could do in this area. Yeah. So I took another year, but that year I was working and saving money, that whole yeah. right before you move thing. Mm-hmm. And then I moved and came out here at the ground running because I ended up um, living right down the street from Tom Devlin, who uh, full moon. Uh, who had worked on Poultrygeist. Yeah. And at the time he had a special effects shop right around there. And he sort of referred me, um, he would get movies to do effects for yeah. and be like, we need a guy uh, can say two lines and his head blows off. <laughs> and he'd always pitch a like, Oh yeah, I got a guy that does that. Yeah. And use me in those two or three to five guys. He was kind of using as like his guys and he would save the money. Cause they already had the life cast of your head or whatever. Yeah. And I liked doing it. So I, my first couple of years in LA, I think I did like, 14 to 20 movies, something wow. like that. Um, these bit, bit parts like that. Any, any highlights, like any, any good ones that you can. Good remember? ones. That's a relative term. The track was really good. That's one that uh, track, Tom's yeah. uh, wife, uh, girlfriend at the time directed. Okay. That's now on trauma now. And it's um, I played a creature in that. That is like a caveman, like a Hills have eyes kind of guy. Oh, cool. Uh, wrong turn kind of guy. And it's like a caveman uh, I was the female one and then Tom was the male <laughs> and uh, we mutilate and kill a uh, few people. It's not a high body count, but it's a grisly dismemberments yeah. and full body uh, makeup, full, you know, creature. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, in that movie, there was a funny story in that <laughs> we shot. It's no longer here. I don't think there was this uh, sort of foresty area on the five outside of Burbank. You keep going deeper in the valley and there was like this foresty area. Mm-hmm. And so many bad horror movies have shot there because yeah. they didn't really check for permits and stuff. Out uh, there. Okay. It was, and um, so we were out there and we finished and I was covered with blood and they took the makeup off, which you've ever seen when they take the makeup off. There's a very rigid line for when the makeup used to be. Yeah. And then the blood and the dirt. And I was drinking a water and just kind of cooling off after that shoot and talking and this sort of like, relief that we're done shooting yeah and this lady came up oh my god are you okay i'm a nurse <laughs> and i laughed and I'm like oh it's nothing and she thought i was in shock oh my she god. thought i was hit by a car or something and I'm like no no this is a horror movie i was just like you know this gory like thing and like and she's like oh this guy did a good job and the guy who actually did that makeup was this uh tom's assistant uh kazu mm-hmm and at least at least a lot of it he did and um i was like oh no he did it and kazu spoke english but not fluently he heard it fluently but didn't really speak it fluently so she's like oh good job good job and i don't think he knew what was really transpiring here (laughs) so that was uh that was a funny story with that one but that's probably one of the best of that first batch um but that was an exciting time like i didn't have a day job. I was able to coast, 
maybe two or three years just doing movies. I thought I could do it for good, but that that sort of changed. But um, so yeah, that that first two through three, there was one really good story. I was a grip on um, I forget even what this movie was called, but we were attaching a camera to a car. Oh right. And uh, this car rig where the camera uh, faces in the windshield. Yeah, those are cool. And there was a zombie movie shooting like across the street. And this was one of my first professional jobs. It was um, union. It was union for a grip. So it's on my best behavior because I was non-union. Yeah. And they were talking shit about that zombie movie across the street all day. Oh, my God. And this guy that knew me was on that in full zombie <laughs> makeup. John, John Carius. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and he was this guy, Greg P. Smith, who had worked on Poultry Guys. Oh, no way. And he also worked for Full Moon. He was on Evil Bong One. Uh, he was he worked for the asylum. And that was an asylum movie over there. Mm-hmm. That was uh, I Am a Mega uh, ripoff of I Am Legend. Oh, my God. Uh, with Will Smith. And um, he was one of the zombies in that. And they were all after that. Hey, man. Hey, it's been a couple months. How you doing? All of that. And then all these guys that I had duped into, I was a professional guy, are all like, look at me. How do you know those guys? It's like, oh, I, I've worked on those movies. <laughs> is, this, <laughs> is this the asylum that's still working today? Yeah. That's yeah. literally the company I catered for today. Oh, nice. I swear I've done to God. a good half dozen asylum movies. None of the yeah. ones that became viral cool hits like Sharknado. I'm in death racers with the insane clown posse really I'm a, um sort of igor like character in that oh wow and get killed i didn't i didn't get killed by them i got killed by this wrestler named raven um that that was another tom devlin when i was in freak show okay i was in uh ten thousand bc or a hundred thousand bc i always have trouble remembering there's a real movie and there's the yeah. asylum movie that I get a blur uh, that my one line is ready, sir. Yeah. To Michael Gross. And they dubbed over a more serious voice. I was a military. So I, I, I was working <laughs> the time machine and they send back them, them back to time. And I said, ready, sir. And they dubbed over, <laughs> they dubbed over like another voice. Does that piss you off when they do that? Or do you like it? At the time I was a little like, come on, man. Now it's, now it's entertaining it's, now it's funny yeah especially when you don't see it coming like i've had that happen to me too i think it's funny yeah um but yeah especially when like the the voice doesn't match your like body tone no or this anything. didn't this didn't i don't know who did that voice and i know the asylum at the time this was pre sharknado yeah they were very like these movies shouldn't have humor in it mm-hmm. which um i think that's why that voice got kind of uh canned Mm-hmm. Uh, after Sharknado sort of became that viral hit, they were like, oh, there is uh, potential in this uh, sort of wink to the audience uh, stuff. But at the time, they were like, I think my theory is foreign markets mm-hmm. got these as like they were like actually thinking they were in for the, the real version of this. Yeah. And there were these sort of close titles in america they were on sci-fi channel at like uh sort of like this always on the same slot on saturday night i think um creature feature night or something like that but uh uh, these foreign markets i think got them as as like real movies quote unquote real movies. yeah real so that's why they're like oh you can't have these jokes where 
you know, you kill a giant crocodile with a cheeseburger or whatever, <laughs> um, like you do over at those trauma movies. You know, Dude, <laughs> trauma gets away with everything. Like I, I know it makes me crazy. Actually, like I heard Shakespeare uh, shitstorm. Uh, one of my friends was actually going to work on that, and he said he read the script and was like offended. <laughs> I know which friend you're uh, talking about. Yeah. I, uh, I hadn't read the script. I've heard. <laughs> I heard like a review of that. Someone saw it at a festival or something and they were like, yeah, it's crazy. Do they like it though? Yeah, they loved it. I, they loved I it. cannot um, wait. I'm so excited. I am too. I all new trauma movies an event. It's totally. That's, event. Yeah. Uh, I am so glad I'm in one. That was a goal of mine for 10, 15 years. You're in one of the best ones. I, I am glad you said that. Uh, Poultry guys to me is like easily top three. Really? At wow. least top three, top five for sure. I mean, cause mine, you got, you got toxic Avenger, you got class Newcomb high poultry geist. I guess terra firmer, Tromeo and Juliet, Tromeo and Juliet, Tromeo and Juliet and terra firmer are my favorites. I do love those two. That era that those are probably the, where they went really crazy. That's true. Like it's not even like attempting to be, uh, Normal. in the real world. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> like it's, it's completely, uh, blitzkrieg. Um, but yeah, working for trauma was very exciting. Like, I submitted to them. Uh, I thought they were going to be in New York City where their most of their stuff was in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I sent a headshot in this um, uh, re- uh, demo tape I had made and um, they got back to me, come in for an audition in New York City. And I was super excited. Oh, wow. And I went down there and uh, it prepared a monologue, which in those days you did for auditions, even for uh the even for the goofy shit you did yeah, a monologue yeah and i did just kind of like i i told them that i did uh i'm like hey i've seen these these movies i know what you're looking for and did all these crazy faces and screaming yeah. and stuff and then they gave me a questionnaire and it was like uh like are you willing to work with these movies with dick jokes and all that and i yeah. think it was a legal um Matter. Yeah. yeah like like if you didn't say yes to this we can't use you because you'll sue yeah but uh i um especially in your character yeah yeah well i didn't have that character yet yeah but uh i actually was auditioning for caleb emerson's character uh Car- carl jr really and the peeper at the beginning that i am was a very small bit was that like an addition or was that in the script? It was in the script, but he just comes out where they added when they found me, the zombie hand going up the ass and all the up the mouth. And yeah. All of that. They they kind of rewrote it. So it's more of a thing. But um, <laughs> I uh, so they I told them I was willing to PA and I thought it was going to be in New York City, upper New Jersey, the way the old ones were. Yeah. And one of the questions are, are you willing to spend a couple months in Buffalo, New York? Oh my I was like, god! I was already there, you know. So they—you're probably um, thrilled. <laughs> a couple months after that, they contacted me. They were sending two people, yeah, uh, which was Andy Deemer, the producer, yeah, and this guy Nick Koenig that uh, has since become an electronic music artist under the name I think Hot Sugar. Oh, okay, doesn't do movies now. Maybe his own music videos. Yeah. Um, but those two guys came in, and I was the first. PA and I helped them find the church that they ended up uh using as their 
main base. Oh, as the accommodation. Yeah. Someone else actually found that church, but uh, you know, that I was in the team of people looking at houses to use and so looking at houses up for sale. Can we rent this for two months or whatever? And that's where people slept. People slept there. Which church was it? Somewhere. I don't remember Lafayette area. Oh, okay. Uh, I know how to find it when I'm driving. Describing it on the podcast is too boring. They literally have the weirdest accommodations for every shoot that they're on. Like I worked on the Newcomb High ones, as you know, and they literally put them up in a funeral home. Yeah, they have. That's like a step weirder than the church. Um, Was the church really creepy or you didn't even have to sleep there because you were already. I did a couple of times because the hours were so long. Okay. And I lived in uh, Lewiston. And they uh, were deep into downtown. I see. Uh, so that's actually a good 45 minutes to yeah. an hour. Uh, so I stayed there once in a while, but uh, I would make it home and I got more showers than most of the kids, you know, because <laughs> I would go home every few days. Yeah. Um, but uh, that that church, I remembered the lady who owned the church didn't know what kind of movie we were making. Oh, no. So there was this sort of constant hide the dicks, hide the signs. There was these protesters, hide the signs <laughs> with crazy shit on them. Oh, my God. Um, hide this, hide that. And all the and more and more kids were coming more and more kids. Oh, yeah. There's like this army of like uh, 300 weird. extras. It looked like those are mostly local, but the army yeah. of like PAs and yeah. uh, people making the effects and stuff more and more every day, more and more every day. And they were all weird. There's no way you do a trauma movie not weird. And if you're weird, you're normal before you get there, you're weird within a couple of days. Oh, easily. And um, some of them had a more belligerent attitude of like, let them find the dicks. We're, no, we'll get kicked <laughs> out. Then there's no movie. And, yeah. you know, there's drawers with all these like ripped off dicks and, <laughs> you know, uh, boobs and, you know, whatever. And, <laughs> and the old lady would come once in a while. Oh, you boys are making a funny movie. And it's like, uh, <laughs> hide. And someone was sort of running ahead of her. Hide, hide everything, hide everything. And it is like, you know, we never got kicked out. I think she, she must have figured it out at some point. But by that point, we were already like a month in or something. Did somebody at least like invite her to the premiere or like send her a copy of the movie? Did she see it? I have no idea. That's crazy. I have no idea. She must have, though. I mean, I feel like if she did went through all that and had you guys stay in there, she probably checked it out. Yeah. And was very fucking offended. (laughs) Either that or she loved it. Who knows? Like no one asks those people you assume won't love it. Yeah. Sometimes do. Um, I'm pretty sure Poultry Geist was actually my introduction to trauma. Because gotcha. I went to that parahor convention back in like 2012 when it was at the Buffalo Central Terminal. Yeah. And that's when I first met Lloyd. And yeah, they were showing poultry geist in like a screening room. And I was just there with my dad. And we met Lloyd and he was just like, Yeah, go check out my film. And we did. And we were hooked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my dad's not like super into that stuff, but I just remember he was dying laughing. And like that was just that's awesome. That's a, good to hear. It was such a fun moment with my dad. He I just couldn't believe it. I uh, got into trauma around fifth grade or so. Okay. I had rented Toxic Avenger. I had heard all these murmurs. I think read in Fangoria or Gorezone, one of those magazines about yeah. it. And it had a kind of not so positive review. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> but it was sort of like, this is crazy, you yeah. know? And so I saw it and I didn't, I didn't know what to think of it. And I've heard a lot of people, their first 
reaction is they they're not quite sure if they like it or not. Yeah, I think it's sort of jarring. Yeah. And then the next couple of years, somewhere around seventh grade, mm-hmm. uh, those movies as the first Newcomb High and um, I think Toxic Avenger two and three had kind of trickled out around that time. They kind of became slumber party classics. Yeah, yeah. And anyone's birthday or whatever. And then suddenly like, oh, yeah, that's what this is about. Yeah. And then um, Trauma, when I was, Trauma's War. Trauma's War. Yeah, Trauma's War. I remember watching <laughs> in my room, like, whatever, eighth grade, whenever that came out. Yeah. And um, then Tromeo and Juliet came out near the end of me being in college. Yeah. And that one sort of was like everything I was learning and doing in college smashed into one movie. Mm-hmm. Like it was exploitation, but there was sort of this artsy element to it and the shooting style and stuff. Yeah. And well shot, but also raw, like obviously cheap, but the angles and stuff are really good. Yeah. The, the composition. Yeah. And um, that uh, that one kind of blew my mind. I loved trauma before that. Yeah. But that one took it to like the next level, the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. over the years, they just got more and more extreme. Yeah. And the subject matter. I mean, like they don't they don't hold back. Yeah. Like when we did Newcomb High, like that Aurora shooting had just happened, like the Colorado one, the, the Batman screening. Oh, yeah. That was like what? 2011, 2013. Something <sighs> I feel like, like it was that summer, which would have been 2012. 2012. I think okay. so. Because they, yeah. put, they put a joke in that movie like weeks after that happened yeah, where yeah. where the guy is like let's go shoot up a movie theater <laughs> yeah they, their movies take so long to come out though that um well poultry guys surprisingly that only took like a year right no we shot that in 2005 yeah but it came out in 06 right i didn't see it till like 08 i thought it came out in 06 they might say that on imdb but it came out okay dvd came out way later the i know the screening in la that i went to was 2008 Oh, Maybe wow. there was, I know there was a screening in Toronto before that. Okay. Um, New York, I think too. Uh, so there is this like slow turnaround with their movies, at least in those days. Oh, uh, even now. Yeah. Newcomb High took years. Yeah. Newcomb High, re- especially the second one really oh, took a long forever. time. Uh, I saw the first Newcomb High out here. Not the first, first, but the first of the those volume one returns. Yeah. yeah. I saw that out here. And then I saw part two at the Greg Lamberson Fest. Okay. It was like four years between three years, something yeah. like that. So a while. Oh, I think it was more than that. I think yeah. maybe four or five. Wow. It was a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. But uh they they are a lot of bang for your buck. They oh, they're great. It's like every shot has something gross or funny, something crazy, and then like a ninja or something, you know, yeah, <laughs> just something like a like clown, three lesbian yeah, sex scenes, uh, three <laughs> lesbians and a clown, and like <laughs> covered in snot. And that's not even the main focus of it, that's like in the background. And that's really know? what's so crazy is like out of all the years I've done film, and I, I'm, I'm still chasing my dreams and I'm still trying to like, like get actually decent roles and stuff. But like, obviously, I was just like an extra on that. Yeah. Um, but that was still and we, we didn't we did not get paid at all. We were not fed. We had to like go out on breaks. We and didn't food. get paid, but we were fed. But it was like the best experience in my life. Oh, that's up there. That is like, I think of that summer like with the nostalgia of the like like American uh, 
um, graffiti, like the American graffiti, like, yes. oh, this was a wonderful time. Yeah. The same, the trauma summer is a, if you've done it is your, it's so great. Ma- and my college and uh, trauma, the best friends of my life are like from that. And trauma was so intense because it was only like a couple months. Yeah. To college was four years. Uh, so it's like, wow yeah you know and i still talk to these guys pretty regularly and the ones i don't talk to regularly when i run into them it's very like how you been doing oh i saw this movie or that movie they're all almost all pursuing um movies to some degree yeah um some of them the guy who got all the food for us we weren't going to have food either but this guy john medeiros uh called every local restaurant and bakery and all this and was able to get like the day old bagels and oh that's so cool he had a chicken place doing it every like tuesday or something that also (laughs) provided the prop chicken oh my god he got this uh soda uh shasta uh tiki punch (laughs) every day was this tiki punch uh which is sort of like the official poultry guys drink and he's now an ad of the big stuff um, oh, wow. I don't know if he's the 80, 80 or like the first or second he's gone through these se- uh, uh, several, uh, upgrades and what kind of AD he is. Yeah. Uh, big but, stuff on like trauma or like bigger movies, no big movie movies. Oh, wow. That's uh, cool. so yeah. And he, he's someone that's been, yeah, he's stuck to it and, that's and he's doing it. And like I said, almost everyone that I worked with either kind of has a foothold in that local area. Uh, like Sam Qualiana can be spotted as a background actor. Yeah, I love seeing him in there. <laughs> um, he's one of the frat boy guys. Yeah. And um, hilarious. Uh, some of the other people became grips or what what have you. And that and there is sort of like a network of uh, like a family to it. Um, mm-hmm. I met Caleb Emerson that way. I met Tom that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Kim Piazza is in there, too. I didn't notice that until this watch. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Maybe I did at the time, but I didn't know it. Yeah. Uh, I've sort of like, well, I forget some of them are in it till I scan scan the uh, IMDb. I didn't even know she was like relevant back then, like still, you know, doing Buffalo stuff that early on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, and Newcomb High with you. It's like that's the beginning of the whole era that is, I think, still going on. Yeah. You know, Michael O'Hare isn't that mm-hmm. uh, who passed away, actually. But rest um, in peace. He he is in it. Uh Jason he, John Beebe's in that. Jason John B. Arlo is in that. Mick. Uh yeah, Mick, <laughs> Mick O'Keefe. Mick is a quality uh, uh, character. Uh yeah, pretty much everybody. A lot yeah. of a lot of the worm child, like two people I got from that movie. Okay. So that's and I think they all met like being the extras or the crew or whatever. Yeah. You know, so that kind of poultry guys was like the um the the pre-storm and then that one yeah. really kind of awo- awoke that area to make uh ridiculous bullshit so <laughs> were know? you were you in la that year then that nuke my happened i was and i tried to get home to be in it for a cameo or something but it was really yeah. who we were supposed to contact kept changing oh the only person that i know of from out of town that got a cameo was caleb okay uh and he uh made it uh, I kind of couldn't figure it out until I finally got a hold of Zach Amico. Yeah. Uh, or Amico. I'm not sure how Amico. to pronounce it. Amico. Um, and he was cool. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll figure out something to do if you come, you know, one of these days. And I was all set to do it. And then I kind of ran out of cash. 
around that <laughs> time. So like, all right, I got to kind of stay in LA uh, and work. But um, Zach's but, actually doing pretty good in the comedy scene right now. I've seen some of that, that he is doing very, and I love his look. I don't, I can't think of another comic. Oh, that he's has wild. That yeah. Trauma look. It's amazing. With, uh, weird colors and hair and everything. Did you ever see the video of him destroying that one girl? like comic he did like one of those roasts oh no i don't think i did if i did i kind of forgot already oh, it was real funny but yeah. i'll check it out uh, if you send me the link yeah i'll definitely check he's, he's out. pretty great <laughs> i've watched some of his stand-up that's more more just straight stand-up yeah you know it's very very trauma <laughs> yeah yeah he is very like he is he does live that life <laughs> lives it he doesn't just do it for the summer he lived it yeah um i live it but not to the extent he really lived it. No, yeah. You know. Yeah, like you said, I love I love his look too. And he just he just does such a good job in that Newcomb High one. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I just showed my roommates Poultry Guys Night of the Chicken Dead last night for the first time. I was actually just watching it just to prepare. And one yeah. of my roommates walked in, he's like, Oh, what are you watching? And I'm like, you know, just just this movie that the guy I told you was doing the podcast that he's in. Um, he's like, All right, and he like sat down. And just within minutes, I mean, he was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what point did he come in? Um, I don't know, right off the bat, actually. Like, oh, so he saw my uh, thing. Yeah, literally, yeah. literally right off the bat. Yeah, um, that that funny. Just so the listeners out there, I don't think we mentioned what I did. Uh, I, I kind of took it as maybe common knowledge, but maybe yeah. it's not. I'm I'm You're the these, gravekeeper. These two people, the main people of the movie are. Yeah. Uh having sex screwing in this graveyard yeah uh soft core style <laughs> and oh it gets I, pretty hardcore like, i'm uh <laughs> i well the, the guy even calls out i'm dry humping you or something like that so it is sort of poking fun at how that stuff's not real yeah and i come out uh supposed to be like an axe murderer but it pans <laughs> out down and i have this giant dong and i'm like jerking off yeah and um, <laughs> there's this whole gag of like, I find her underwear and sniff it and then grossed out. And I find Arby's the main guy. And <laughs> I love that. And I'm jerking. And then the uh, jerking harder. And then the zombie hand comes out of the ground <laughs> and goes up my mouth or up my ass, out my mouth. Yeah. Grabs the underwear and pulls it back through. Yeah. <laughs> and then the uh, opening credits kind of emerge from that chaos was that in the script like that or was this kind of like a final note like let's change it up and make this even crazier that i had auditioned i think i mentioned i'm not sure if i mentioned this in the podcast or just told you right before yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> starting the blur i had auditioned for caleb's role yeah uh uh carl jr yes and this is a good story i had there's a scene where carl jr screws a chicken okay and kind of has a monologue yeah I went to the store and got a chicken, like a real chicken. <laughs> what the fuck? And a raw chicken with the skin and all that. And it was pretty cheap. And I was on runs. I was a PA. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw it there and I had the light bulb went on in my head. I'm like, I'm going to get this and I'm going to audition for Carl Jr. And I'm going to do this. And I bought I went to the sex shop thing place, <laughs> video liquidators uh, in Buffalo in or? Buffalo. <laughs> And got the smallest dildo, not the biggest, the smallest that I could find <laughs> and hit it in my pants and had it like I pull it out the fly. Yeah. So I went down there to the uh, the, we were auditioning in the church basement 
<laughs> which is already like um, sketchy, s- sacrilegious. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I went down there and I Jamie Greco was the casting director who also played um, one of the uh, counter. Uh, I forget his character's name. Maybe his character was just Jamie. Yeah. Uh, chicken zombies slash uh, uh, workers at the uh, uh, the the the. the the restaurant that they're in. I couldn't think of the word yeah. fast food place they were in. Yeah. Um, the cluck and cluck something. The uh, American chicken bunker. Oh, American, mili- American military theme. Yeah. So I did this. I didn't do the monologue memorized. I just sort of improv the monologue. Yeah. And screwed the real chicken with the fake dick. Yeah. And. And I told them, I said, hey, I got something in this bag. I'm a PA here. And yeah. they were filming this audition. I'm a PA here. I'm going to clean this up. And they, the look <laughs> of their face is like, whoa, what's he going to do? <laughs> so I start screwing the chicken with the fake dick. And because I had picked the small dildo rather than the real dildo. Yeah. They thought that was real. They thought I was screwing a salmonella. Oh, my God. Slime chicken with my real dick. Oh, my God. And then I had a pocket. I had a little um, hand cream. Uh, so I pulled that out right at the last minute and uh, yeah, yeah. sprayed that all over that chicken. Um, <laughs> and then I, I bowed like a, um old timey act. Like, thank you, sir. Watching this. <laughs> and I cleaned it up. I End wiped scene. it. I wiped it up. I desanitized it. I yeah. used uh, whatever uh, Clorox or something. Uh, and then I went and called the next person into audition. And then later the night, uh, Jamie came up to me. He's like, we really liked what you did. You got the job. You got it. You're not Carl Jr. We had Caleb in mind, which I'm now good friends with uh, Caleb. Yeah, he's cool. Ironically, had Thanksgiving with Caleb. We were eating poultry. Um, oh, my God. But uh, Caleb uh, got Carl Jr. Was written for him in mind. But they're like, we're expanding this peeper role. The yeah. original script, it wasn't so elaborate. And uh, and that is still one of my main calling cards uh, and also very close to my heart growing up with trauma. And like we just talked about that summer of the people you meet and the intensity of it and the unwashedness of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of like a a very close to my heart uh, part of my life. Would you be able to recreate your obligatory famous line? Oh, Arby, I want to fuck your fanny, Arby. <laughs> oh, that was improv. Oh, Arby. Yeah, oh, Arby. <laughs> that was improv. They had the camera on. That was 35 millimeter uh, film. Uh, that wasn't <laughs> digital. Uh, just, oh, oh, oh. And uh, they were like, did we get it? Did we get it? Yeah. <laughs> I could picture Lloyd just like freaking the fuck out. Lloyd, that scene took a couple different shoots because the sun kept coming coming oh, up. No way. And they kept, you know, they pushed the best up to last for some reason. And like, yeah, it kept on. The sun kept coming up. We had to make a fake ground because the people were under there with the zombie hands. Yeah. Reaching up. And we did it in this guy's yard that was like a real big trauma fan. Yeah. But then he saw it and was like, all offended and we're like did he see them edited for tv or something you know because like who's a trauma fan and offended by like anything really? what did he get offended by he's like all oh, those dicks and all that jerking off <laughs> what <laughs> <It's> like 
Did you not know what you were in for? <laughs> I don't know. I, he said he loved Toxic Avenger. He got his picture with Lloyd. They they uh, he he had a picture with Lloyd and he was holding like his Toxic Avenger box set, the Tox box. Yeah. And uh, so it was in Clarence somewhere. And he was a very friendly, good guy. But I think this like crossed a line he wasn't ready for. Well, you know, 80s trauma and like 90s, 2000s trauma are very different. I mean, it I definitely think gets way they got more into like the jerking off and the cum, just and the nudity the, and the, the nudity. The nudity was always there. It was always there, but it's, it's gotten extreme. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that he wasn't ready for just dick, you yeah, know, everywhere. Yeah, but, yeah. um, and I was sort of standing around with my ass out for longer than you because <laughs> they were taking forever to, you know, was the guy watching so, while you guys were doing this? I don't know what he was doing, but, uh, he saw some of it at least. Okay. And so we had to do the rest of it um, in the church property, either the church property or the McDonald's property that we shot the uh, the um, ACB, the main part. I forget at this point, but we did it. Uh, we began and ended the movie with like one of the first days was the first part of that shoot. And the mm-hmm. end was that. And uh, that um, the in-between is everything else. That must have been pretty cold if you're doing it like the middle of the night, right? That I don't remember. That well, was it was the summer. So very I guess. hot summer. Yeah. So maybe very it wasn't hot. Too bad. So that was like a record breaking hot summer. Was it in 05? Everyone was sweating the chicken feather slime. Oh. You know, I remember that. That looked that looked so uncomfortable. Everyone just smelled too. Really? People were sleeping in that uh, stuff. Really? Um. The people that were extras who came and went, they could go home. The people who lived there. Uh, I remember going down um, to the basement of that church. Yeah. And there was uh, like all these guys lined up, maybe 12 guys, six, six on one side, six of the other in their sleeping bags. Mm-hmm. And there was like this little drain, kind of like in a public bathroom. There's a little drain in the middle of the floor. Yeah. So if there's like a overflow, the water goes down it. Yeah. In dirty, not even just regular sweat, dirty sweat from like film shoot and fake blood and fake dirt and what what have you. Yeah. Trickling down into that little drain. Oh. And it and it was like this is really uh odd. <laughs> a whole new level of 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 unclean like yeah there is something cool about it like we took it to that level yeah you know but and it smelled like like someone smelling bad this was getting into that that extra level that that um layers of sweat like yesterday's sweat melted in today's yeah sweat. your shirt had that white crust oh, around no. the edges like the yellow the yellow, the yellow tinge singe and all that Ugh. and uh i feel like hygiene is just not on point on trauma sets in general no 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 i kind of uh, remember that was, and i remember yeah. that i knew what i was getting into because i'd seen the documentaries on those dvds Oh, yeah. The terraformer one in particular kind of goes into that. Like the guy takes his boot off and dumps some uh, days <laughs> worth of sweat out of it. Ugh. So it's there's like this raw element to it that. Um, I don't I don't know this point in my career. Mm-hmm. I still am very proud of that. What podcasts I tell this tale to 
are only the ones like yours. Yeah. People already into this. So into it, man. Are into it where I don't think I'm going to convince someone new to check this movie out with these stories. Really? You oh, know? man, dude. Maybe. Everyone go check out Poultry Guys. Well, that see it because of that, but don't. Uh, it's incredible. <laughs> like that level of debauchery doesn't exist now. Maybe not even. I'm, I, I, I take that back. Trauma is never going to not have that. Uh, yeah. But like the last we made that movie, it's more than 15 years ago. Yeah, it's 17, um, years, 17 ago. years ago. That's crazy. Um, So the kids that saw that movie growing up are now the kids, I think, making movies in that area. I was just thinking those like little yeah. girls that are in it and like those crowd shots. They're probably my age. Yeah, probably. That's yeah, weird. They're probably about your age, maybe even a little older. Could be. Um, how were how old were you in two thousand five? I was eight. Uh, no, nine. Nine. That's the year. I was eight when Toxic Avenger came out. It was probably eleven or twelve when I actually saw it. So, like, was it, Poultry Guys like the beginning of the summer, or was that the end of the summer? It's like kind of the whole summer. Just the whole summer. Um, I remember it ending in August. Okay. It ended during Katrina. Oh, I remember wow. hearing all that in the news and stuff, and we were getting like a trickle of it uh, up north. Um, a bad uh, storm, but not not a hurricane, you know, like this uh, edge of it. The beginning of it, I remember <laughs> my first day of trauma. I uh, the day that I met Annie Beamer mm -hmm. uh, was also the day I saw Star Wars Episode three. Oh, which is the first day <laughs> so. Did I, I still remember going to see that in the theater, too. I was just talking about this to my dad the other day. But go on. <laughs> yeah. So that that it was like that's funny. Worlds combining maybe that shouldn't or should. I think they should. Um, 2005 was such a good year. Yeah, honestly, it really yeah. was. But I remember because uh, I had gone to college in Rochester and I had a good friend, uh, Kurt Markham, who I've done several movies. He's a movie maker as well. Yeah, I did his movie Saber Frog. OK, um, I remember meeting with Andy Deemer and I'm like, I'm going to start tomorrow. And they had some errands for me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm starting tomorrow because I'm about to leave a like an hour and a half drive to back to Rochester to see uh, Star Wars with him because we were both um, nerds of that nature. Of course. And, you know, you want to keep your gang uh, for your nerd things together. Did you did you like Revenge of the Sith when it came out? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was, I'm a big prequel fan. I feel um, like a lot, that was like really well received at the time, right? Kinda. I mean, maybe maybe um, more over time. But over like, time, yeah, I was one ahead of the curve. I think. I can't remember. I, uh, I am into like weird arty things. Yeah. I think that the prequels were more, like, geared not geared. Uh, George Lucas is a weird arty guy. Yeah. So it's like, okay, this is like Peter Greenaway doing Star Wars, but also stupid shit is in it too. And it was like a great mix and um, also like sort of fascinating. You watch it a few times and there's more clues to like unexplained connections and things. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, all of Star Wars has a weird way of aging well. Of uh, You hate it when it's new. You see it 20 years later and it's like, oh, this actually was on to something. And I grew up on the originals and I think I'll always like the originals best. Of course. Yeah. But I like uh, the fur, the prequels quite a bit. I never had that needing to see the new ones. <laughs> no, I like the new ones too. Yeah. Not as well, yeah, but uh, yeah. I like the Mandalorian show though uh, a lot. 
Yes. But um, the uh, the prequels I liked right away. I didn't need that gestation period where uh, it grew in your brain to change your mind. I yeah. um, I liked them pretty right off the bat. Well, episode one and two are pretty hated, right? Like for the prequels. Depends who you ask. It's the same thing. Like, like now it's all I, the way I see them is sort of different religions. Like, yeah. Uh, this religion believes this to be true in the Bible where this other one doesn't. And then there's this other religion doesn't believe that at all. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like which Star Wars you like is almost like, are you Lutheran or are you yeah. Catholic or something? There's these weird That's slight funny. differences, but they're all sort of saying the same thing. That's hilarious. Um, and yeah, I sort of, I'm sort of all or none. I like it all. I like some better than others, but I like it all. And I just like weird shit like creatures walking around and um hammerhead and uh like you know like for being as mainstream as it is star wars has really weird shit walking around definitely does (laughs) they were definitely on drugs right i saw a uh meme uh (laughs) it's of the battle in episode two okay and there's this Jedi that has this sort of like weird dinosaur head. <laughs> and it's like, you know, when the acid is Christopher Lee is just looking at him with like a deadpan yeah. expression. And it says, you know, the acid kicks in when a dinosaur with a lightsaber attacks you. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, that's you can't deny there's weird stuff in those movies, <laughs> you know? No, for sure. But yeah. And then I started trauma the next day. Like that's I drove crazy. back home from Rochester and got maybe two hours of sleep. And then was on, I didn't start shooting and all that, but it was this like looking for the place we'd eventually be the church and setting up these meetings and looking for fake uh, prop guns and other sort of stuff like that. That's crazy. And I think, you know, they actually have some of the poultry guy stuff at uh, Tom Devlin's uh, museum up in Vegas. He probably has the big uh, monster, the big general monster, because he made that. Yeah. Um, I feel like he has like a big chicken dick, too. He probably does something like that. That they sort of mutated the old dick from one of the other movies into I think it's from Tromeo and Juliet. Yeah, some trauma fan will write me correcting me probably. Yeah, um, mutated it into a chicken one with this sort of mohawk, chicken mohawk on it. Yeah, and a beak. How was Lloyd Kaufman on like? poultry guys was he really high strung because like when we did nuke him high he, he seemed pretty stressed at times and just like you know he, he would explode on some people honestly <laughs> he's, a, he's a naturally stressed guy it's hilarious um and for how many like continuity errors there are in trauma movies about, like he cares <laughs> he, i could never figure out what he cared about because all sorts yeah. of fucked up shit would be happening but he focusing on this one detail yeah that pen shouldn't be red you know but like oh, yeah yeah like everything else is completely absurd he's hilarious i loved him i didn't get offended uh even him directly yelling at me i worked the smoke machine for most of the shoot and that smoke machine was dead it was um you know one one too many trauma movies had killed the smoke machine yeah and so you put the chemical in the and uh would heat up and sometimes it would get uh blocked up yeah and I remember he'd just be like, more smoke, more smoke, more smoke. And John, the what the like, fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> and like the no smoke was coming. And I remember like um he's yelling more smoke. And finally I unplugged it. I was unplugging like the nozzle, and all the smoke that was building up came up, and you couldn't see sh- 
anything. Oh, like, no. like it was just blank. He just goes, Oh, uh, too much smoke, too much smoke. <laughs> you <know? laughs> wow. You sounded like and, I'm there. <laughs> and some of it, I think was an act because they were always documenting for the behind the scenes. Yeah. Some of it's, he's just that high strung and he's eccentric. So most of the stuff was funny. Yeah. I remember once uh, there was debate over what the difference was between the walking dead and the walking dead show wasn't out yet. It was just the term walking dead. Yeah. What's the difference between the walking dead and a zombie? Okay. And he was like, the script supervisor said, there's no difference. They're the same thing. And, and uh, Lloyd was something like the walking dead they don't have a brain where zombies are aware where they're at. And there's like this whole <laughs> debate and like, everyone's like, doesn't matter. Just shoot it anyway. Like, yeah. I think what term they said in the script, I think it was like, Oh, stop. It's one of the walking dead. No, that's not the walking dead. That's a zombie. <laughs> there's a difference. And like this debate, ha- it took like five, 10 minutes for them to resolve this. That's funny. But it was so entertaining to like, watch yeah there was always a slight fear they might not actually finish this <laughs> and they didn't finish like some of the stuff they wanted to do yeah um i don't remember at this point but a couple cool effects they didn't get to do yeah uh and some of it was because they were constantly sort of bickering about this sort of him and the dp yeah we're sort of bickering about it all the time but like he is a very entertaining and i think he's an underrated as a director like he has a visual sense of you looking through the uh, monitor and the angle looks cool, but he changes just one thing. He doesn't change the angle a big way. He sort of moves a couple props around. Yeah. And the he, like suddenly it's like, it must be like an art history understanding and everything like the composition suddenly sort of pops. Yeah. And he knows that stuff like really well. Uh, I don't know if he has a graphic design background or just that much uh, into film, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, that that aspect, it's sort of like um, the look is totally different, but it's kind of like how you think of John Carpenter, like very simple, but he moves like one object and suddenly the frame is like one of the best frames you've seen, mm-hmm. you know, and it's still sort of didn't take any effort of pushing the lights around and everything. Yeah. No, and I just found out today or yesterday that Newfound Glory was the the band that did the. They used a fake name, Poultry uh, Guys, Calamari Safari. That's it, yeah, Calamari yeah, Safari. They're Newfound. I think it's Newfound Glory. And Newfound Glory, dude. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite bands. I love. Oh them. yeah, they were big around that time. Too. Oh yeah, they've yeah. been huge since like you know two thousand. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, Calamari. And there's also a deleted Count Smokula song that's um there's a music video for it but it was supposed to be in the movie it wasn't yeah and uh count smokula is like a weird uh trauma-esque character (laughs) i'm not sure what he is but he's a great guy and he ended up in twin peaks actually wow the guy who's count smokula but um it was like poultry geist poultry geist chicken ain't real chicken ain't nice and that's not in any anything right it's online as its own thing okay they made a music video for it but it was supposed to be in the movie and it wasn't and new fungalari came in like no we'll take it from here yeah i (laughs) wish that one song was in there their stuff's great but uh, i just can't believe that's them that really blew me away yeah yeah and there's other bands well all the traumas of that time have real bands and yeah yeah and they did the warped tour Oh, yeah. Uh, for a few years. So that's probably how they like either matter. They're just life fans. Or I don't know the story of how they all. Well, Newfound Glory got big because Blink-182 took them out. 
Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like the the opening act or something. Yeah, like in the early two yeah. thousands, and I feel like that's what blew them up. But gotcha, I just gotcha. saw them actually a couple months ago in San Diego. Cool. I'm glad they're still that stuff. I don't follow so much, but I'm glad they're still. Oh, they're huge. Uh, at it, that's yeah. good. That's good. Their guitarist uh, Chad actually just got like really sick though. I can't remember what happened, but he went to the hospital and like almost died. Oh, geez. And this was like a couple weeks ago. But COVID he's, he's or good. something else, or don't you know? I don't remember. Yeah, I think it could be, but I think it was no, no, no. It was like cancer or something. Oh, that's something bad. that they found like yeah. super last minute, and they had to like get an immediate surgery, and it went well. Well, that's good to hear. That's but, good to hear. Yeah. No, yeah. I was gonna say though, did you ever see their music video for Head On Collision? Not that I know of. That is a trauma th- uh, themed music I'll video. I'll watch that after we're done here. I'll watch that. Literally, Lloyd Kaufman and Toxie are in it. Nice. And there's you like, know, I think I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. Either I saw it or someone told me about it. A lot of special effects. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta watch that. Um. But yeah, do they uh do they pay you on that production? I don't think so. <laughs> um. They didn't. Uh. Make the answer clean. They didn't. That's crazy. Uh Sounds about right though. I remember getting some receipts reimbursed. Okay. So it seemed money changed hands. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't get paid. <laughs> I knew that going in. I didn't feel scammed or anything. That's sort of. Uh, it's kind of like a volunteer effort. Just yeah. And I know that's in his book. Uh, he sort of calls it the Tom Sawyer theory because the Tom Sawyer story of like um, yeah. painting that fence. He sort of tricks everyone into painting it for free. Uh, is that how they still get away with it though is like contracts i really don't know that's something i feel like things are changing now where like you really can't work for free i know but i don't know people still do but you're not supposed to yeah like there's more laws stricter laws about you have to pay at least minimum wage and stuff and i know less people are willing to do it dude i would i I would do another free trauma movie for sure (laughs) i would i definitely would if i lived in buffalo yeah but i would I really don't want to fly back on my own dime. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you've already all been, the yeah. extraneous, you know, all the uh, hotel or whatever you need. I, uh, which you don't use, you sleep on the church floor with the rest of the schmucks, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, the, um, the expense, no expense. I'll do it for free. I don't want to put that out there because <laughs> if he's got 500 bucks in his pocket, I'll take it. But uh, yeah, that, that is part of the, the, the love affair with it in a way. Uh, Get your name out there. Honestly, yeah, for some of these actors that really help them. Oh yeah. But like, it's not for you. Is it? I don't know if that's what made him who he is, but yeah. he's in one. Uh, a few other people like that. Uh, Matt, um, Matt and Trey Parker. Yeah. South yeah. Park. Them, uh Kind of got their start with uh, and James Gunn, uh, yeah. Which maybe there was some payment for him because he worked in the office and wrote the script and yep. all of that. But Lloyd to this day is that he's in um, uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, he's in uh, at least the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. So he's in them. Sort of these very bit kind of extra, but between extra and bit part. Very roles. very small, but yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So the, he keeps it real and is still in it. So I remember seeing Guardians in the theater and seeing Lloyd. Like I think he's like on like a in like a crowd shot or he's something. He's in the jail and in like jail. in like the high up like yeah, rafters or something. Yeah. He's and like, it's yeah. funny because they're all like tough guys and then this old guy. But <laughs> jails are like that. 
I think I literally yelled out loud in the theater. It was like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) He's such such a cool guy. (laughs) He's honestly so awesome too. Like for years after working with him, he always like would remember me. And I was a fucking extra. Me too. Oh, he remembers all those extras. It's crazy. Yeah. There's hundreds of those extras. And I appreciate that so much. He's so nice. Like, you know. And I met all these Toxic Adventure 4 guys and Lloyd knows them by name too. Oh, the Citizen Toxie? Yeah. And they were all uh, extras. Some of them are big roles, but some are extras and things. And he knew all. Oh, yeah. He came in this one day. He did. It was very funny the way he did that. (laughs) You know, um, the way he ate that booger, you know, whatever, (laughs) you know. (laughs) I think he remembers me because I was like one of the youngest people on it. You pop out of whatever shots you're in, too. Yeah. It's funny watching Nuka High 4 because uh, I know all those people now. Yeah. And I met them slowly over the two years I was uh, back in Buffalo. And uh, yeah. it's like, I think you can spot definitely Arlo. You can spot Ari Nicole, I think. Uh, I had to literally get clearance to even be in it because I was 16. I, oh, I had yeah. to have my mom come in the beginning and like sign yeah. papers and stuff. And what's real funny is some of those people in Poultrygeist as well. Yeah. And I did not know that. Like, I, I met that Marcus uh, yeah. is in it and he's lost a lot of weight. He looks so doesn't different look now. like the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, they're they're out there. They're still mm-hmm. creeping around Buffalo or creeping around the country. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he, he recently got married, actually. I think I knew that from With Facebook. Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, they're all terrorist people now, <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was nice seeing them. I saw them sort of recent. Um, yeah, I'll definitely try to time my next uh, visit to Buffalo around uh, Thursday that terrors is going on. Yeah, I actually speaking of that, um, I'm really trying to get there in March for Toxic Avenger. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. They should play Poultry Guys. They should they're shot local. Yeah. They should play it. And um, that's a film uh, print of that. Is I don't know if that theater has still got film, though. Yeah, I don't but, think they um, do. It's all digital now. That uh, there is a film print of that that sometimes plays. I wonder. Yeah, like you said, New Bev, New Bev played it. Yes, New point. Beverly did play it. Uh, Toxic Avenger and uh, Poultry Guys. Yeah. Um, was there a rap party for Poultry Guys? Yeah, it was at some bar. Okay. Uh, I don't remember the name of the bar, but extras and crew members and all sorts of people showed up. Yeah, for ours, we we drove all the way to New Jersey for the uh, rough cut screening. Oh, did they do a rough gotcha, cut? Gotcha. Did they do like a rough cut premiere or not really? Possibly. I didn't make it if they did. Yeah. Uh, I saw it here. <laughs> it was the theater. It's the Sunset Five. I don't know if it's still there. It might have changed names. The AMC? I don't know what it was. It was on Sunset Boulevard, but it's most famous for where the room was. The, where the room played for and really built up its call. That was following. the AMC five. I was just there. The That's one where I saw Sun- Spider-Man. Okay. It wasn't an AMC. It's called AMC sunset five. Okay. It was something else at the time. A Lemley maybe. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's where the room kind of built its uh, really thing. And uh, the, it's, it's, it's the one where you go upstairs, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, that's had a few different names since. And I've it's been got here. like a parking garage. Yeah, and there's like a target, I think. There. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, that that was where Poultry Guys premiered. Really? And the or at least uh LA premiere. Did you go? Yeah, yeah, and all these guys sort of showed up uh from out of town. And uh that one was fun, but the one at the New Beverly a couple years later was like 
it had already kind of had a cult following by then. So what were like so, the reactions like, like at the first screening the and first then screening, it seems like people were a little indifferent to it. To really? The truth. Yeah. I don't know what they expected. Yeah. Uh, and when you work on something, that's always <laughs> like, oh man, they cut out the best part or they, this yeah. didn't, this wasn't as funny as I thought or whatever, but then a couple of years go by and you, you like it. Yeah. And, but that uh, new Beverly screening was the right crowd. Okay. Makes and sense. I don't know. It, it just had this incubation period where it got better with, uh, it's time. with the age. Yeah. Yeah. And also that it's like two and a half hours long. It's a very long movie. <laughs> and like, honestly, and it, it's so funny because it feels like it's going to end like at the hour and a half mark. And then it's like another fucking hour <laughs> of just may- mayhem. It's like the Lawrence of Arabia of killer chicken movie. It really is. <laughs> it never fucking ends. <laughs> Or like uh, Return of the King. It's like yeah. really long and, and it's extremely no reason to be this long, but I'm kind of glad it is. And they cut out a lot, too. I think <laughs> it would have been like a, um, like a four hour chicken movie. Yeah. And the same thing happened with uh, Return to Newcomb High that they did the Kill Bill thing where they uh, split it into it, two. Is that true that Tarantino suggested that or did he just say that? I think he just said that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That. Yeah, I I, um, I mean, Tarantino, I think, is a fan. Of he tra- is. Trauma, he is. Yeah. But I don't I don't know if they're talking regularly. You know, no, yeah. you know, uh, you might have saw him at cons or something, but like, uh, uh, I, I think it's just he got the idea from Kill Bill. Yeah. yeah. And now that's kind of common that um, that our the movies are doing that. I definitely but, liked volume one a lot more than two. I thought two got a little, little too all over the place. I liked two. One seemed like it was like the setup. Yeah. But two didn't seem like a full movie. That's what I'm saying. It just felt like a but bunch of the parts. the stuff they added, I thought was really funny. It was. It was. Yeah. So it's like a weird toss up. Um, yeah. And it had two had that weird adult swim feel with like really strange like uh, footage textures and footage. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the word of it, but like sort of like a liquid feel to yeah. it. With the sort of uh, digital uh, feel to it. I just know like most of two was like shot after like that first leg of production. Like it was a bunch of just like, okay, we need to like film a scene here. We need to film a scene here. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, and then I'm, they filled the time up with sort of skits. And yeah, like didn't they film at Comic Con? Like they went to like San Diego. They went to New York. I don't remember. Yeah, it was uh, it was all over the place too. But yeah, and I I want to see Shakespeare Shitstorm. I don't know when it's coming out for general. We gotta audience, get Lloyd on this thing, but it's, it pops up on um, festivals and things. I know. Yeah, I think they're still working on like the whole distribution deal. Yeah, I'm gonna ask him though. I'm just gonna message him, cold call him. Yeah. Hey Lloyd, where's Shitstorm? <laughs> we want it now. <laughs> we want it fucking right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. Um, anything else? Oh, okay. Actually, I was just talking to Caleb Emerson yesterday about you, and you worked in his movie Frankie in Blunderland. How was that yeah. experience? Oh, that was great. Um, that's a Poultrygeist alumni thing. Okay. Uh, there was this girl, Marta uh, Strito. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Yeah. Wrote that script. Okay. And uh, she worked on uh, Poultrygeist. I think you can spot her a couple times in the movie. And she was a makeup girl. She did the crazy hair. That uh, That was her... Uh, work. Oh, the, wow. the, I had this really crazy. I grew my hair long, and I had kind of this Ben Franklin. I'm bald, and the um, <laughs> this Ben Franklin thing going on. Yeah. And Marta's who teased the hair way up there, but the second shoot, it was another girl. 
Okay. But the first shoot that's most of it was Marta. And um, Marta was very weird and wrote this script uh, called Frankie in Blunderland, uh-huh. sent it to Caleb for notes, like a, an opinion. Yeah. And Caleb didn't know what to make of it. Uh, I thought it was, and then, <laughs> I don't know what Caleb's thought process was, yeah. but I'm glad it was this. Caleb decided to direct it. He went from not knowing what to think of it to like, let's make this. Oh my God. And he cast his friends and I'm in it. And, and Tom Devlin actually has an acting role in it. Wow. Uh, which is rare. Tom Devlin's not an actor, but he's really darn good. Yeah. Uh, Vincent Cuisamano is in it. Oh, who, I met him with um, you. Yeah. That movie screening we went to. What, what was the screening we went to? I always... The Hunt. Oh, The, the hunt. hunt. Right before yeah. COVID. Right, right before. Right like fucking the day before. before COVID. Literally. That was like the yeah, last thing. The day, the, we were kind of not taking it seriously at that point. And then um, I saw him recently, by the way. I saw a new Bev. Oh, yeah, he goes there a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in uh, a Puppet true. Master Blade. Um, the Reich or, or wait, Blade. 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 Uh, it's just like a spinoff of Just Blade. How was that? I didn't get to see I it. I haven't yet. seen it. Is it it's, out? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I want to see that. Um, and uh, so Vince is in it. Uh, Debbie Rashawn is in it. Of course. Porn star <laughs> Evan Stone is in it. Um, Debbie's in everything. Yeah, she's in it. Literally. I think they cloned her so she could be in more movies, yeah. uh, like at the same time. Um, a whole bunch of inter- Oh, Dave Reynolds. I don't know if I mentioned him, but he's in Hills Have Eyes Two remake too. Oh wow! Uh, and he's in House of a Thousand Corpses. He's in it. Who was who he in House? He's the little. He's the guy that robs the convenience store in the beginning. No way. And I think they kill him. The like the 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 one yeah, with the like gun or the, the stupid one. There's like a stupid one and there's a the guy with the gun. He's the stupid. I mean, they one. both have guns. I think he's the stupid one. Okay. Um, and Dave Reynolds, a very smart guy. He's done Shakespeare and all that. He's like an actor's actor. Little Dick Wick played. Little with- Dick Wick. Little Dick Wick. Little Dick Wick he's played with it. his prick. Don't the <laughs> smell just make you sick? He's, that's him. Yeah. Uh, he's in it. And um, so yeah, that movie's like a psychedelic, East LA gritty. It's kind of like. Um, Repo Man a little in its oh, tone. Oh, I love Repo uh, Man. And it's all these weird characters. Uh, sort of. It's not quite horror, but it's in that vein of like just weird stuff. Okay. And Marta actually passed away before the movie came out. Oh, really? So that's why I was sort of talking about her in the past. So that's like yeah. a tribute to her. And there was some for how weird this movie is. There was some autobiographical element okay. to it. I think it was her dealing with a, a, a relationship breakup or something. Yeah. And then wrote this weirdo script. And uh, I played a bum in that. Um, of course, she that does. has this sort of mystical quality <laughs> uh, named uh, Frankie the Holy Hobo or maybe Freddie <laughs> the whole. I got to double check on IMDb, my own stuff. But either Frankie or Freddie the Holy Hobo. And uh, that was a lot of fun. That was definitely. That's an unknown gem that yeah. I, I don't know where you can see it. Uh, it might be on the trauma now. I don't know. I know it's on DVD through Wild Eye. So okay. you can get it off their website and wherever their movies are kind of on other wet Amazon, you know, uh, where where their movies are. But um, the people who have seen and heard of that are the hardcore that sort of see all of it. Yeah. Uh, that's a movie that deserves kind of a wider crowd. Where can people watch that one? Is that uh, like available? 
I think it's on trauma now. Don't officially quote me, okay. but uh, check to see if it's there. If you got it, I think Caleb said it was there. Okay. Um, that makes sense. And it's on DVD, uh, Amazon, yeah. uh, et cetera, where, where, D, where finest DVDs are sold. I will still buy DVDs and Blu-rays, especially like when you can't get them anywhere else. Like there's, there's a ton of stuff right now. I'm trying to get gummo. You can't rent that anywhere. Really? You can only get that on DVD. It was such a big deal when it was new. Yeah. I tried, Um, I tried finding it. I had gummo on DVD from one of those old, I think it was new line where it was actually like a cardboard case that folded out the archive collection. No, 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 before that. Okay. Uh, I have a bunch of movies that way. Mm. Uh, New line held on to that style longer than most companies. Yeah. We're like the little snap snap case. That's what they're called. The yeah. little snap is on the side and the cardboard. I had Excalibur this way too. Oh yeah. It, it like opened like a book. It wasn't a clamshell that popped open. It Those always like, would break. Yeah. Even yeah. The, the scream DVDs had like the, the, the little latch ones. That's what this is. The latch one. Yeah. yeah. Which I think they're, uh, I always fucking broke they might those be, things. Warner Brothers New Line 2. Um, I don't know for sure. I'm not big on the I'm big on those movies, but I'm not big of following which yeah. companies, which movie. Do you still collect uh, DVDs yourself? Not really. I don't have room for them. Yeah. I have a I have the ones I'm in. Yeah. And I have some that are rare. And I have some that like I picked up at convention tables and stuff. Yeah. But like I go to the theater. I have a few streaming things. I borrow things. Um, if I had a lot of, if I had unlimited room money, I'd have shelves of DVDs. Absolutely. But there was a few months there when I first moved out here to LA Yeah. that, uh, decisions were made. (laughs) (laughs) I sold them. Okay. I'll sell these. And then, okay. I'll sell the rest of these. And then, Oh, I gotta keep these. I'm in these. These are my favorites or these are really rare. So I kept those. And then there were some, they were too messed up that they wouldn't buy at used places. Um, the, the case was screwed up or something and yeah. I didn't throw them out. I kept them um, or whatever. I double disc. I was missing one disc or something. Mm-hmm. I kept those, but uh, I don't actively collect, but I love collecting. If that makes sense to you. No, for sure. Yeah. yeah. How are you with like merchandise? Like, you know, going to like the flea markets here. Do you do that at all? Yeah. I love, I love that. I love conventions. Yeah. Me too. Um, You're going to go to creepy con in February. Probably. That the Kyoto is the code uh Kyoto's are gonna be there. Oh yeah, that uh they went to my college. Yes. Uh RIT in Ro- uh, Rochester Institute of Technology in Rochester. They were the first uh alumni. Yeah. Um they created the program, I think. They were photo students mm-hmm. or possibly graphic design students yeah. that were their own majors, but there was no film major. And they created uh put together a bunch of electives that eventually became the major mm-hmm. that were, cause they decided they wanted to do film and I was fans of them my whole life. Yeah. And I went to that college. I didn't know, didn't know, uh, all four years plus, uh, I was there that never came up a couple years after graduating college, the killer clowns DVD came out mm-hmm. and on that were student films and it, those student films had uh, the disclaimer. This is student produced at the Rochester Institute of Technology. Oh my God. In fulfillment of a bachelor's degree or whatever. And um, that was something we had to put on all our movies. And I was like, holy cow, why wasn't everyone talking about this? I think they didn't know. 
That's so crazy. And they went through effects first. They did like Critters and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. They're still doing effects. Did you know that they actually recycled all the killer clowns like for Ernest? For Ernest. Yeah, yeah for Ernest. They painted so them cool. like green. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, yeah, that, um, so that I went to an RIT alumni thing. Yeah. It was out here in Hollywood, uh, really East or not East coast, West coast, um, alumni thing. There was this guy, Chris Edwards, who I knew who Chris Edwards is now the head of third floor, which if you're familiar with that does sort of pre-visualization, they animate movies before they're shot. Oh, okay. And they, they're, they sort of do that so they can get working on effects before they shoot the movie interesting and they do all the marvels all the star wars oh so they're a big deal etc okay and you know this guy i don't know how much money he's making but he's you know he owns a building out here he owns them in i think australia but he, he did pretty darn well yeah and um employ like a few hundred employees <sighs> so i went to this alumni thing at um chris edwards's uh third floor building yeah that he hosted and, you know, it was mostly guys who, this was 2013. Mm -hmm. It's mostly guys who graduated like 2011. Yeah. Except for my group of friends who I already knew. And then there was this older guy there who, who, so we had name tags that had our graduation year on them. And mine was 99. And he uh, came up as like, at least you guys are in the same century. And he's like <laughs> 1970 something. Yeah. And like, oh, cool. What do you do? And he's like, I did special effects and I directed a couple movies. He's like, what movies did you direct? And he said something called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's like, holy cow. You're one wow. of the, I guess it's Kyoto uh, is how you pronounce that. Yeah, Kyoto. Uh, Some people say Chiyoto. When I was, before I met him, I said Chiyoto, but I think he corrected me. Yeah, I think it's Kyoto. But it was like, holy cow. And that that sort of opened the door. Now the school talks about him. Uh, so wild. But like it, it was like, wow, you guys. And then I saw him again at a convention. I think Monster Monster Palooza. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, hey, I met you at the RIT alumni thing. Um, it was like a high school reunion, but yeah, all college years. So not everyone you knew was there. Not it was like you met new people there. They were different years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I saw him there. Hey, remember me? And they had, you know, critters and uh, <laughs> Beetlejuice stuff um at their table and it was only one of the brothers at that reunion but yeah. both of them went and i think even another one went too um but yeah that was that was an interesting kind of like chain of events that i did not know uh did not know all those pieces fit the way yeah. they did oh, that's really interesting um i'm actually curious how did you score the vhs2 gig that comes back to college too. Um, VHS two was VHS series was um, one of the main masterminds of that was uh, Simon Barrett, who uh, also wrote Adam Wingard's The Guest. Um, you're next. You're next. Yeah. Uh, uh, Frank and Fish before all these, a sci-fi or early sci-fi channel one. Blair Witch. Uh, yeah, the Blair Witch thing, the sequel. 20... I guess it is. 2016 yeah um say. he he was a very accomplished uh writer yeah. uh he just directed seance uh oh yeah so i i knew him when i was in college he didn't go to rit but he went to ithaca which really? was about 45 minutes away i didn't know that and 
we had a mutual friend. He went to high school with a guy who went to RIT, who's one of my best friends there, Josh wow. Slates, who's a director. He directs more dramas, but he's a director as well yeah. in his own right. And um, me and Josh went to Ithaca to crew on a movie of his that um, was called The Nothing Deal. And that came out on a Troma Dance DVD. And that was, you know, we were just helping out his student film and, you know, why not see what other schools are doing? Yeah. Because that's something I think um, too much pride in your school or whatever. You, you got to keep learning and, and uh, exploring. Yeah. So like, um, and also, like I said earlier, some of my grades are bad going to another school and shooting their student films. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe a reason why <laughs> a little bit too much passion, not enough, like, um, yeah get to the books but i uh, we went to ithaca and we stayed there for the weekend and we i did sound and i think josh did lighting or camera i can't remember at this point we're talking 25 years ago or more yeah um but we did that we did that nothing deal uh directed by simon barrett and i ca i knew simon through josh uh emails and i had him on facebook and i moved out to la i occasionally saw him at film things okay new beverly uh That's other so cool. film things and then vhs1 came out wow and that was sundance that was this that was that that's a big deal and there's so many people i knew in vhs1 jason yachanan from poltergeist is in it okay uh the radio silence team which some of them made scream five uh really did a skit in that i knew them because they did camera work on the trek uh which i brought up earlier yeah um and they probably became the biggest of all of, and adam wingard became very big very big so i went i had this uh day job uh sales day job that sort of sucked yeah. And uh, I like the superhero movies. I've grown to like them even more. Yeah. But at that point in my life, I didn't care if I saw them on the first day or whatever. I'd see them in the next week. Yeah. But the first Avengers where they were all coming together, it was the first day of that. Yeah. And I was burned out from that day job. And that was the first summer movie. Yeah. We're ready for that season. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Yeah. I'm going to go down to that theater and see if there's any tickets left. And I get down there and there's a line, people in costume, all of that stuff. Of course. Sold out. I just decided to walk the line to see if anyone I knew was there. Because oh, I knew man. this film click, these guys that see every movie and all that. And sure enough, I knew somebody it was Simon Barrett. Wow. He's like, hey, man, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm looking. I don't have a ticket. This is sold out. Someone in his group didn't show up. <sighs> and he was like, yeah, I got you. And I, I think he even just gave it to me. I offered like the 13 bucks or whatever it was. Yeah, the ticket price. But um, he I think he just gave it to me, although that's this is getting more than 10 years ago, too. Yeah. And then he goes, what are you doing in July? And I'd known he was getting ready to more do more traction in okay. his career you know and i like hopefully something with you <laughs> and he goes did you say that yeah yeah i like hopefully something with you <laughs> and he said i got a role for you in vhs too uh i wrote it for you to this day i don't know if he really did or was just saying that that's funny and just a light bulb went off that he got this idea and uh, he made me the creepy uncle in yeah. the Adam Wingard directed bit, which blows my mind because I didn't know this until recently. Yeah, that and a lot of people that. don't know that's me. It's crazy. Uh, 
very small role, but it's a very effective role. I think it's big, actually, because well, it's, it's I remember like it playing the Blair Witch in Blair Witch. Yeah. Like there's none in the first movie, but that whole presence is through the whole movie. Yeah. Or through the whole uh, bit of that movie. It's an anthology. Yeah. Uh, and Adam Wingard, super nice guy. Super um, nice. Yeah. He's gone on to make King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. And uh sort of rumors about some other big ones. I don't know if they're for sure yet or if they're just internet uh, babble. Yeah. But uh, I think he's a great director. Your next is uh, oh, he's the fantastic. guests are great. He's one of the best of today. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I And I I was so wow. And, you know, VHS 2 came out in theaters. I don't know if it came out in all theaters, but I saw it in the theater in LA Yeah, and not a screening thing like a theater theater that you just can go up and buy a ticket. And um, over the years, that franchise, if anything, has gotten more popular. So it's like, oh, thank you, Simon. Uh, you repaid my day of doing sound on the nothing deal. Yeah. Times 15. You know, yeah. um, that is a great little bit. And I the thing that one you asked if Poltergeist was cold. Poltergeist was not cold, but that was that was in the Hollywood Hills. And it had that like mist. Yeah. It was really cold enough to have that mist. Yeah. And I was in my underwear <laughs> and nothing else, just sort of standing there while they set up angles and set up yeah. um what have you, you know, all the film stuff, lighting. Yeah. And uh the takes were real long because it was a found footage thing. So uh -huh. it was faking it was the girl's eye, uh, or maybe the guy's eye that was a, a like a uh through the it was a through the the uh, I was kind of like a webcam and they were using a GoPro for it. And it was like, was that a GoPro? Yeah. At least a lot of it was. Wow. Um, you know what? I don't know if the whole thing was GoPro. I know they shooting some of it. With That's GoPro. interesting. But um, yeah. So I, I did an Adam Wingard uh, flick before he knew, before we knew who Adam Wingard was, Yeah. but he was already kind of in the mumblecore thing. Um, and he was, he had done uh pop sculpt and vhs one yeah. already so um you know and that one had a cool that one had the guy uh garth edwards was it who okay. made the raid did the korean part of that oh, of vhs2 okay. and the blair witch guys did the one with the little dog the uh um, oh yeah the i think that's their scene yeah um but yeah, that uh, that was a great experience that and that's like sort of that life lesson. Yeah. Doing random student films, doing B it's, movies. It pays off. It might pay off 15 years later. It's just crazy. It, he's gone on to do Godzilla versus Kong, though. Like that. That is such that a, is a weird A to B. There's no. Well, I guess the guest, the guest is the 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 yes. B to C, you yeah, know, for sure. Um, and the Blair Witch two or three, I mean Blair Witch three, yeah, um, is also in there, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's an interesting guy and an interesting filmmaker. I look forward to what he, everything else he does. I actually just got to meet Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett for the first time uh, a couple months ago at the Beyond Fest tenth anniversary screening of Your Next. That's sort of scary that Your Next is ten years old. It was great. That's. <laughs> Cause I'm already, I was, I'm, I, I was already where I'm living now. Uh, so it's like, it seems like I just moved in, but yeah, that's, that's 10 years. Uh, and I know that there was no premiere of VHS two in LA. Okay. 
I was hoping for one to sort of chain exchange cards and whatever with the directors that I didn't meet. Yeah. And you know, like anything you want these things to happen, there was a screening of it, but um, no premiere. Yeah. And the reason there was no premiere is they were busy making uh, either your next or the guest mm. and they just weren't available. Um, so that, uh, that shows they, they work that much that they couldn't, uh, even do like a premiere or whatever. See, you were always really good about networking. You, you said you had your cards. Um, how, how do you usually do that? You just have like headshots in your car or like business cards? Not so much anymore. In those days I did. Okay. Nowadays. Now it's, just... it's all like trading Facebooks and trading. Yeah. Instagram. Um, I'll still print up. I haven't printed up cards in a while, but when I get new pictures, I will. Yeah. But people don't like, and I think with COVID changing hands of cards is maybe not the wisest. Okay. I don't know. You know, I know molecular or whatever, but yeah, yeah. The germ germ scientist, but um it seems like that might be kind of falling into the past a yeah, little bit. Yeah, for sure. But uh and the environment and all that. But but so, sometimes you do got to just go uh just go do it. Yeah. And that is a good way to do it uh cuz people will stick them in their wallet or whatever and forget. Yeah. And then when two months later they clean their wallet out and like, Oh, this guy, let's see his reel online or whatever. Yeah. But I'd say it's been a good five to seven years where I've been mostly just emailing and, um, Facebooking. Yeah. And in Hollywood, LA, and even Buffalo to tell you the truth is just not the same scene, but you encounter these guys just mm -hmm. kind of at other movie things. Do you have an agent currently? I don't have an agent. I'm looking. Yeah. Me I too. do have a convention appearance agent. Oh, cool. uh, cinema utopia yeah but i actually very recently within this week wow i uh, got that but um i don't have an agent agent okay which i do need that yeah. is definitely a big part of the industry that uh you know you can knock on all the doors you want but no one listens to you till you're it's hard it's really hard nowadays because it's all about like who you know and yeah. they really are like basing everything off referrals now and like I, I've I've cold emailed so many times, and I have an agent currently, but um, yeah, I've I've cold emailed a lot, and like you know, you just don't hear back. Uh, the same, yeah, I I have I've never been turned down, but I've never been turned. <laughs> never. I'll start that sentence again. My dog is <laughs> fucking barking. Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I've never been <laughs> turned down, but it's like I've had a ton of not. Did they read it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and there is a thing you can put on your emails, banana uh something, banana ring. I heard about I that. Think it's called that you can tell if they opened it. Yeah. But I got the free version of it and I, I think it like ran out or something. But uh <laughs> maybe no one opens <laughs> ran any out of, of bananas. My emails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no one opens any of my emails, you know. <laughs> But um, yeah, that uh, I almost feel like you need to break the rules now. I feel like oh yeah, when they say yeah. don't do something like on their do website, it. just do fucking it. do it. That's uh, what are they gonna do? Call them. Like, go the, go show up at the job. Like, what are they gonna do? What are like, they gonna do? They're not gonna ban you from the industry. They might not pay attention to you. Yeah. But two or three years later, they see you in a commercial or some movie or something. Then yeah. suddenly, isn't this that guy that mailed me that yeah. weird tape? Yeah. Which has happened to me. Um. When I did an asylum movie, I had mailed them. There's a short film called Nancy Race Miggins and the Ma Magic Tree of Magic. Okay. I'm really messing that up, but it's a, wha a purposefully grammatically flawed uh, title. Yeah. Uh, we made that 
in the aftermath of Poultrygeist, me and uh, DJ Markison, uh, who was a production designer on Poultrygeist, yeah, made that with leftover props and things. Mm-hmm. And it it became a weirdly personal work because I think my lack of our combined lack of sleep sort of hit a subconscious yeah that, you know <laughs> you know that we had never hit before it was some sort of uh transcendental wor- like meditation had happened yeah and so we made this weirdo movie that i starred in and it's not a full-length movie it's like i think about 17 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. and i sent that all over the place it was like a calling card mm-hmm. and uh i don't i don't really know how it went over like anything you're just sort of throwing stuff at the wall to see yeah but uh when i was working at the asylum david latt uh asked me just out of the blue and i this may be my third asylum movie mm-hmm. he just goes hey john about three years ago did you send me a really weird tape <laughs> with you like talking to a fetus in the tree <laughs> and i said yes I did send that was you me. that tape, and that was Nancy Race Megan. So like, <laughs> wow, pays the, off. It pays off. Yeah, maybe, maybe that was the end of it. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that and Simon Barrett uh, with the VHS two and his nothing deal. That's another thing of like, you plant seeds, they grow, but they sometimes take longer than you expect. Mm-hmm. You know, that was probably eight years between those mm-hmm. or more. Maybe. Oh, my 10, 10 year high school reunion had already happened. So you know, a good, a good amount of years in between. And now it's even further, but um, that stuff don't underestimate the power of just going out and doing it. Yeah. And speaking of like connections, like I feel like your Tom Devlin connection is probably why you ended up as Skidmark and Killjoy goes to hell. That is a very similar story. Uh, How'd that go? I met, I was a fan of John Lachago before I moved out here. Um, I spent the summer I expected to move out earlier than I did. Yeah. I spent the summer of 2002 expecting to move in 2003, watching just the BSB movies. Because mm-hmm. I had, I, when I moved to LA, I'd contact all these directors. Yeah. So I was watching it, and Hollywood Video had a ton of these movies. Um, all the Sterlings and all the Full Moons. Yeah. All of these. I remember. <laughs> and I, uh, the good days. One of the all-time classics of that time period was John Lachago's Blood Note. And I listened to the commentary on it. I loved it. Moved out here, and Tom Devlin was effects on Bioslime, which was an earlier John Lachago movie. I think it's kind of hard to find. Bioslime. Bioslime. And uh, these weird creatures... And I was a puppeteer for some tentacles on that, helping Tom out. Mm-hmm. And I like I introduced myself to John Lachago. And, uh, you know, I love uh, your movies and all of that. And I stayed in touch with him. In the meantime, he made Killjoy 3. Killjoy 3 was made in China. Really? Uh, yeah. Who knows why? Uh, some hell? sort of weird deal Charlie's band had with a Chinese studio. <laughs> <laughs> made that, made in, and I wasn't in that. But Tom Devlin did effects and he designed all those uh, friends of Killjoy that are vaguely sort of Cenobite-ish. Yeah. Uh, Punchy, which was played by Al Burke. Yeah. Uh, a few others. Uh, Batty Boop of Victoria DeMar. Um, and uh, yeah, that. so then they made Killjoy 4 
and John uh, pitched me this role of Skidmark. And he's like, I want you. I wrote it with you in mind. I want you in it. And it was, oh, yeah, this is this is great. This was like the main villain, I guess, of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of a trick. Is he the villain or is he not through yeah. a lot of it? But um, through the whole thing. And uh, that was Trent Haga as um, Killjoy, which he's a trauma alumni as well. And yeah, Tom Devlin got me in tons of movies. And that's probably the the like ultimate jewel. The the and that was a little past those years when he was really do like really pumping those movies. Yeah, yeah. But um, that one is one of my proudest works. And like I said, I was a trauma fan and also a full moon fan. I remember uh. being um. 15 and renting almost monthly these new full moon movies as they came out and yeah always was in a direct to video and i never was afraid of that or poo-pooed that i was always like oh there's movies that Embraced are only at the store. Yeah. yeah and um to be in a full moon movie especially that one and uh, such a key character and the weird hell world that they made that was shot in the same boiler room that's the freddy krueger boil boiler room no way old uh hospital that, asbestos fucking one yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> wow, you must have been in like the last movie film there because I tried I tried visiting there once and there was oh, like literally security that there. Was there. There was um that's crazy. And there was still a Freddy thing there, this hand-drawn, I think it's in three or four, this sort of hand-drawn version of him that somebody finds yeah. uh is was still there at the time. Um, so that was the court was there. A lot of it was in film uh, Full Moon Studios, which at the time was on Skid Row. Oof. And uh, you go through all these like uh, tent area of yeah. sort of uh, 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 derelicts and uh, homeless. Yeah. And it was this combo building. One floor was Full Moon. The other floor was something doing like uh, T-shirts, like, like sewing them, like making them. Um, not like a wet t-shirt contest. No, no. <laughs> like it was, it was people putting together t-shirts. Oh no. Um, garments, I guess is the proper term. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, and I thought Charlie band, uh, didn't direct that, but he was always sort of around John Lachago directed it. Yeah. Uh, Charlie band similar to Lloyd, like you can feel his vision. Mm-hmm. He was really into little puppets. He had a display case of all the puppets, yeah. plus other puppets that kind of he collected. Puppet master, puppet master, but also these other puppets that were like from other countries and things. Oh, so okay. he was like studying the way they looked and all these props and things. And he was like very laid back, mm-hmm. very like, wow, man, this is cool. Wow, funny, man, you're doing this really funny. Yeah. And so he was sort of yin and yang with Lloyd. Yeah, they were both excellent artists, but like Lloyd's like, eh, 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 go fuck yourself. Yeah, where where Charlie Band's like, hey, man, he's calmer. That's, yeah, that's a you know, like that's that's pretty wild. What you the, what you guys are doing with those those <laughs> like giant hands? Wow, man, you know, yeah, <laughs> like like that, like that. And um, did Richard Band do the music or no? That I'm not sure. His brother's uh, so good at the music. Troll music is one of my favorite musics. Yeah, uh, troll one. The yeah, herba herba way, herba way, campus, herba herba way, herba herba. That I love that uh, chant. 
Um, Speaking they, of troll, I saw you in that troll too documentary. I was. That was I'm incredible. In the world, the best worst movie. <laughs> um, I went to the screening that the director was at. Yeah. First American U.S. appearance. Yeah. And it's only this really quick little bit that they filmed the line to get into that. Uh, like went by with the camera. Yeah. And I was doing like a stupid dance. People were chanting something um from the movie mm-hmm. and uh i was me and my friend mike uh esposito were in line for that movie and mike esposito works at uh warner brothers doing something with props uh-huh. like putting them at comic cons and stuff and uh yeah that um that screening was a blast and that documentary is great so good i can't claim any credit for it i just happened to be there but nah, it was just funny uh, i was yeah. watching it and i noticed you i'm like no way i always love uh being subversively kind of hidden in this stuff yeah like vhs2 it's such a you know people don't know that's me unless i tell them um now i'm promoting it a little more but at the time i didn't i promoted my small movies a lot because that's the only way you could find out about them I mean, honestly, if you do a convention appearances, you should definitely have like. I'm leading with that now. An eight by ten of oh, that. Oh yeah, that's a hard eight by ten because the it's so dark. Really? I need to Photoshop pop it out. Okay. Um, it's not impossible. It just takes a little bit of work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's not the screen grabs and stuff I got are a little um muggy. Yeah, muddy. I gotta, I gotta fix it. Not that that probably by the time you hear this, maybe they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I've been working on it all week. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was trying I was trying to visit the locations for Troll Two when I was in Utah, like you know, this past year, and I didn't get a chance, but I really oh, wanted to. Man. Troll Two is one of the best. It's iconic. I still haven't seen it with an audience. I oh, saw. No, I did. I did. I did. I saw Troll Two North Park Theater back in the VHS days. I loved Troll One. Yeah. Uh, I saw Troll One in the theater. Movies like that still were in the theater yeah. back then. Weird fantasy ones. Weird ghoulies, all those sort of uh, just slightly off the beaten path. Yeah. Ones. And I saw Troll in the theater. And then Troll 2 was at this mom and pop video store <laughs> in Ransomville, where I grew up. If I don't know if you know about Ransomville. Ransomville is a farmy area near Lewiston. Oh, okay. Uh, and the racetrack is its claim to fame. And I grew up in Ransomville, actually. And there was this mom and pop video store called Crossroads Video. Okay. That's now a Rite Aid. And I went to Crossroads Video and Troll 2 was on the shelf. And it's like, they didn't make a Troll 2. What's this? <laughs> you know? So I rent it. It's like, what is this fucking, <laughs> you know? And you probably loved it at the time, though, right? I don't know. It was, a, I remember I loved it like a year or two later. Okay that i was a little past the age then i think i was in 11th grade oh so you always before maybe after yet before it was that one maybe two years where i actually kind of like i see cared about quality yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it was like what the fuck and i remember (laughs) i watched it and i most of those movies i watched with friends that i watched alone yeah um either a sunday or a saturday of of this 11th grade night and just sort of like disbelief like what but that's always the <laughs> seed and then like i liked it more and more uh and then by the time i got to college imdb was around and the real notoriety of that yeah. movie is was sort of voted worst on imdb yeah and then everyone saw it because they wanted to see and it was never on mst or any of those 
but um, it built the cult built and I was fully pledged to the cult. I had that initial, um, I don't know if it was disdained. It was just more like I was PT Barnum. There's a fool <laughs> born every minute. I rented troll to uh, thinking it was a troll to, but it was some other weirdo. What the hell? Yeah. Weirdness. But I really grew to appreciate that. And then that documentary, they talk about um, what makes a troll to fan. Yeah. Is, and I, that really resonated with me uh, because they were talking about like a troll two fan is someone in the eighties who rented weird tapes just to see what they were. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely where the category I fit in. It. No, for sure. Um, they got to do like a troll to, you know, poultry guys, double feature. I feel like those would be great paired together. They would. They, they really would. would. I, don't know how they pick the double features. Sometimes it's obvious, same director, same yeah, actor, yeah, or same overall feel, grindhouse yeah. uh, stuff, or two seventies classics or whatever. But sometimes it's like the more schlocky stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure how they pick them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be that would be perfect. Uh, Troll two and Poultry Geist. Tell me a little bit about Filthy McNasty. Filthy McNasty falls right after I got home from New York City. Mm-hmm. Earlier, I was telling like that party uh, awoke sort of the acting bug within me. Yeah. Of I should take this a little more uh, to heart. Mm-hmm. And I found Chris Seaver, who was a Rochester area filmmaker. Debbie Rashawn had done a couple of his movies. And it was on IMDb, you know, and there's one yeah. called uh, Anal Paprika. <laughs> and what? clicked on it. What is this? And like, did she do a porno or something? Hilarious. And it was a Chris Seaver movie. And uh, you click on his name and there's all these other crazy movies. There was uh, Malva, the zombie ass kicker. There was uh, Scrotal Vengeance. <laughs> um, Anal Paprika had several sequels. <laughs> What? I was like, okay. And then I went to his website and there was a way to order these movies on VHS. They weren't, they weren't distributed. And uh, so you order them and the address was in Rochester. I was like, wait, what? You know, I didn't know about this guy. And so I put together, um, I didn't have a real headshot at the time. I used a screen grab from my old public access show Yeah. Uh, called, called The Frame. And uh, I sent him that with a letter. I remember the letter was, uh, I've never seen your movies. I just want something like anal paprika on my resume. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like I am fully on board with this humor. He wrote back right away. We're making this movie. um, It wasn't called Filthy McNasty at the time, but it was that movie. Anal paprika 3000. Anal paprika three. You should make that now. <laughs> um, and he, uh, you know, it took a little bit of that. We were gonna shoot it, then it gets pushed back, that kind of thing for a few weeks. But we shot that whole movie when we did shoot it in one weekend. Oh wow! And it was on UB campus. And I don't think you can do this these days. Chris no. didn't go. Chris didn't go to UB. <laughs> Chris's cousin went to UB. Oh wow! And we shot it, and his cousin is in the movie. Uh, he's uh, the notorious teammate, teenape, 
who's sort of the main character uh not the main character but the like like a uh, um like Toxie in in Troma. Yeah, yeah. Like he pops up and all like the, the mascot. Yeah, the yeah. mascot. Yeah. And uh we shot it in Chris or Chris's cousin's uh college like apartment. It was not a dorm room. It was like those apartments kind of like adjacent to like the college. Shared housing. Yeah, shared housing. And I remember he recruited girls uh, for the party scene from just the apartment downstairs. Hey, you guys want to come up and be in this? Were they, were they like, you got to be uh, uh, topless? Uh. There were topless girls in the <laughs> movie. They weren't those girls. Okay. Uh, although the topless girls in the movie were just sort of friends of. Wow. They weren't. Other than Debbie Rashawn, who wasn't topless in that one. Were they UB scholars, the topless? I believe so. Hilarious. Uh, and they were using obviously fake names. I don't know who yeah. they were uh, to this day. Chris probably does. Uh, one was Allie Cat. Okay. And one was Miss Kitty. So those are fake names. The fake name. I think uh, unless it's Miss Kitty is just <laughs> really Miss Kitty. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I was in that. It, I remember um, I didn't have a car at the time. So my mom drove me. Oh. which is ultra lame. I was already like 24 or five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, Oh yeah. I, I took the bus or something. Meanwhile, <laughs> my mom dropped me uh, off. Yeah. No shame. No and, shame. <laughs> and so like we did that, it was like so low budget. And uh, I had seen movies like this. I had seen J.R. Bookwalters. I had seen uh, some Todd sheets, but this was a couple notches cheaper than that. And I was like, sort of fascinated and Chris was a really good guy and one thing that I noticed he was really good at was finding humor through editing okay like it didn't seem that funny when we shot it sometimes but the sort of sharpness of how we cut from the reaction shot to the line or or vice versa um was like he really put together a solid movie for 25 bucks mm -hmm. not for everybody um, there's an acquired taste to this stuff, including me a little bit. I, uh, I liked it right away, but it's like, this is, this is cheap. Now I'm like 25 years later or whatever. This is cheap. See yeah. it, see it. And it just recently came out on a, um, special edition thing, a special edition DVD. There's a full Chris Seaver box set with 13 movies or 12 movies in it. I think yeah. called the dirty dozen. And that's on that. And then there's also a Filthy McNasty quadrology. There's four Filthy McNasties and they came out and they're Blu-ray, which is higher quality than we actually shot it on. Wow. But, but yeah, so we shot that in um, a day or two. And <laughs> I remember I was just out of film school and maybe a year of gripping professionally. It's awesome. All this tweaking with lighting and all of that we learned. Wow. We didn't do any of that. Chris just sort on of used the, those cuff. workshop lights that you clamp, clamp lights. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And go for it. And it was refreshing. A little bit of like, is this really going to work? Yeah. But refreshing at the same time, the, how little he just kind of went or how much he just kind of went for it. Yeah. The end product, was it needed to tweak lights? Maybe. But was it necessary for this movie? No, this movie's funny on its own. And that adds to it a little bit that it's that sort of cheese-alicious, I guess. And yeah, um, I love that cheese-alicious. Yeah. And there's, uh, it's obviously a college guy's place. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, like he didn't take the posters down and stuff <laughs> that were like the movies he liked around. And um, that so came out on a full moon DVD. Really? Uh, the full moon movie was Dead and Rotting. And there was a bonus movie on that DVD, and that was Filthy McNasty. And so that kind of came out. All the full moon guys uh, saw it. And to this day, even though that was. Uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, that's kind of a throwaway movie. Yeah. It's not that I hear about it all the time. Uh, people ask about it. Um, I'm very proud of it for a few reasons. One that we actually pulled it off. Mm -hmm. uh, and for two, it's just, it's a funny, weird anomaly of a movie mm -hmm. uh, and proves this, uh, this, I kind of forgot about, uh, when I first moved to LA, I had this landlord that was a union uh, grip guy. And I came from Buffalo where everyone's making like zero budget movies and stuff. Yeah. This guy was working on like things like Caribbean Pirates of the Caribbean two and three. Oh, wow. He worked on uh, collateral. I think it's called with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, he worked on all these, you know, big movies. He was working on a TV show. And I had just moved in maybe three weeks, a month before that. And he came home and he was complaining about the craft service table, which you do, I think. Yeah. Uh, he came home complaining that they didn't have name brand Oreos. At the, wow. The craft service table. Hilarious. They had like the uh, dollar store brand. Fucking Wegmans ones. Wegmans ones or whatever. And they are different. I'll be honest. They're not yeah, as good. But uh, you don't. <laughs> complain no not at all and i said this totally sincere sincerely mm. i've worked on movies that the whole budget of that movie is less than that craft service table oh literally stale chips yeah i and remember he, that he says name one he got like real sort of confrontational what? i thought he was joking yeah because i had such a they're all like that lifelong love of these movies he was very like you're lying and like, it's called Filthy McNasty. And he's like, what's it about? What's it? And, and he's like, why? And he got real mad at how cheap it was. <laughs> really mad. Like, and that's when I realized he wasn't joking. He was yeah. like, you could feel, you know, you can feel when someone's getting like uh, frustrated or Just whatever. Heated for no reason. He really hated the whole idea of it. Wow. And he was getting very like. Um, offended. Ab abrasive and offended. And, and how dare you contribute to this? This wow. is, and I. In hindsight, if more and more and more people are just going to be one man bands like Chris Seaver, his job goes away. Yeah. Chris Seaver moves a light here to there. Looks fine. You shoot it. So I get, okay, maybe there's a job security thing going on here, but I didn't realize that. But what solved this argument? This is actually hilarious. What solved this argument? He's arguing to, we're arguing till he turned blue and I didn't want to argue <laughs> But once you're that deep into arguing, you kind of have to um, make your point. You don't have to win the argument, but you got to like, you got to, you got to get your, have point. your stance. You got to get your stance out. Yeah. 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 He, there's this pause. He goes, what does this movie look like? I go, oh, like, like shit. <laughs> it's like shot on mini DV with no lighting uh, in a college dorm room. It's funny though. Uh, Entertaining. And that sort of settled it like oh like he suddenly dawned and youtube was already around and stuff yeah it like dawned on him that's like oh this is a different 
category. Yeah. You know, but um, he took it like kind of personal that I had made such uh, ridiculous stuff. And that though, when someone gets that mad, it's something you just kind of, oh yeah, I did that 10 years ago or whatever. Means you're onto something. Yeah. You, I don't know what, but it means it got a, re, a, a, you hit his soul. You got a reaction. Yeah. You, you touched a nerve. <laughs> you know? It's easy for me to shrug that off. Yeah. Oh, made a movie for 12 bucks, whatever. But like, he really kind of, oh, you know, like, held like, on to it. I will destroy this. <laughs> An idiot. <laughs> and that meanwhile, since then, Chris has probably made 40 something <laughs> movies. What about you know? uh, open, opening the mind? Opening the mind, I had grown my hair out real long for. Yeah. Uh, Michael Todd Schneider directed that, also known as Mikey Maggot. And he, I met him at a uh, festival in Syracuse called oh. the B-Movie Fest. Um, Not around then, anymore, right? I think it changed names because the guy who does it is still around. Okay. Ron Bonk of uh, SRS Cinema. That okay. was his uh, thing. And... Michael Todd Schneider had this movie called My Crepitus that he was walking around and he didn't um, didn't play at the festival. Yeah. And I bought a copy of it because he was he had the perfect sales pitch. This movie's too weird to be in the festival. It got censored. So I'm like, oh, I got to see this. And I bought it. I forget how much it was. 20 bucks, something like that. Yeah. And I liked it. You know, Uh, it was weird, but I liked it. And uh, I kept in touch. And then he wrote me that he was making this movie, Opening the Mind. Do you want to be in it? And he sent me a trailer. He had made enough to make a trailer. And the trailer was really weird. Like <laughs> there was like an eyeball coming through sort of this pile of guts and uh, kind of had a vague video drum thing going on. So just a bunch of random shots. Random, weird, arty shots. All of them gory. All of them... Uh, really weird and in the meantime this part i left out in the meantime he had made august underground two yeah. august underground mortem which those movies are fucking uh crazy so uh i was like oh i know that's what made me write him as i saw that and i was like oh i saw this movie you did and it was way crazy it's like do you want to be in this um uh uh opening the mind i was like yes and he lived in uh pittsburgh so it's, I don't know, four hours away from Buffalo, would you say? Uh, uh, three, 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 yeah. something like that. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I want you to be a bearded lady. And at the time <laughs> I had already put off a haircut for a couple months. So it was kind of long. So I'm like, I'm not going to get a haircut until you shoot it. That shoot, you know, like always, I'm guilty of this too. Did not happen <laughs> anytime near that. It happened like two years after that. And I was a man of my word. I grew my hair out for that whole two years. Wow. And it was shoulder length. And it was, it was, I was bald. It was, it was like this Ben Franklin uh, look to it. Yeah. And graying and not as gray as it is now, but graying. It was not good. I, I had a job shooting wedding videos at the time. And my boss uh, was always on my case about that. Get a haircut, get a hair, like the old days. Like wow. I was a hippie, get a haircut. You're scaring the bride. <laughs> and I put it in a ponytail and I had that bald ponytail, which is total uh fucking red, Reggie Bannister. Yeah, Reggie, <laughs> Reggie Bannister. <laughs> total Reggie Bannister. Phantasm. And um, but I did it, and every once in a while I remind him, like, <laughs> are we shooting this? Oh, yeah, yeah, and getting my stuff together. 
And he still to this day, he's like this. He's one of these guys makes like four movies at once. Really? And all of them are just a mystery when they're going to be done. But they are somehow eventually done. Yeah. I made put my foot down. I'm going to move in the end of August. So I wrote him. You have three months. I'm going to move. I'm going to get a haircut and move. But you have this much time. Yeah. Two, like one week before I moved, we shot that. I went down to Pittsburgh. We shot that. And we also shot a couple other things. We shot a short and uh, a bit of another movie. And so he worked me into a few of his projects. And then I went back home, got a haircut, packed my car, moved to L.A. That movie was on my IMDb for a couple years and didn't know when it was coming out. In the meantime, Michael Todd Schneider, a couple other movies came out. And then it went away. It wasn't on IMDb anymore. I was like, oh, the, he abandoned it. It's gone, you know. Oh, well, I don't, I'm not one that gets so uh, discouraged by that. I kind of know life gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. But it is like a little like, oh, you know, like, yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, bummer, you yeah. know. But then about three years ago, <laughs> opening the mind comes back on my IMDb. It's like, is this a weird update that they pulled old stuff and like put it back on? Or is he back at it? Yeah. And I kind of ignored. I'm like, whatever, whatever. That credit's just kind of a mystery, whatever. Yeah. And I wasn't out of touch with him, but I wasn't in touch with him either. I had him on Facebook. Yeah. 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 Which is that sort of like, you know what he had for breakfast, but you haven't talked to him in five years, you know? And then I saw an announcement that it was available for pre reserve on DVD. And it was talking about the, how it took 18 years to make or something like that. I was like, holy shit, he finished it. So I wrote him. I'm like, am I in it? Or did you reshoot this? And I'm in the, like the old version. He's like, no, no, you're in it. You're in it. <laughs> and uh, like, I still haven't seen it, but anything from Michael Todd Schneider is weird. Okay. Worth a look. Um, like, again, it's not everyone's cup of tea. And is it is like outlaw weird or is it not that weird? It's outlaw weird. Okay. It's uh jodowowski weird okay um plus sort of snuff film weird <laughs> oh really like, okay. like that kind of like that flavor that flavor yeah um love it and i know one thing that uh he had some extras come to a scene not my scene but a different scene yeah wear whatever costume you got and this guy came painted yellow with like a catfish mustache yeah so it's like this that that's just an extra in the movie. I think that guy, he gave some lines or I think he reads like a weird poem or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, that's a level of weird that, that most movies don't make it to. Yeah. Yeah. And that it was that long of a birthing process. So that's more than a decade. I shot that in 2005 oh. uh, or six, 2006. Damn. Inklings of it coming out 2007. I think it came out 2019. I still haven't seen it. Wow. Uh, if Michael Todd Schneider is watching this, uh, he owes me a copy. <laughs> but, <laughs> is that like, but, how, how can you even see it? Do you have to buy like, a yeah, to buy. Yeah. It's not on any streaming, at least not yet. You have to get it off his, he's got some deal with one of the distributors. I don't want to say which one. Cause I'm not solid on which one. Yeah. But um, there's like, he's, he's putting out a special edition 
which is limited to like a certain number of copies, a very small number of copies. Yeah. And then a few months later, the real edition kind of comes out for that's the cool. general public. But that's that's a weird um, slow birth of a movie. No, I'm looking forward to that. We got to check that out. Oh, absolutely. Let's watch it together whenever yeah. we, whenever you can. I'll, I'll even buy it. Shit. I'm, I'm scared of that one. What it might hold. Yeah, that, that, that like, might be your best performance to date. You don't even know. I don't think it is. You don't think you were good in it? I may be too hard on myself. Yeah. I, I think because uh, the anticipation had built to work with him. Yeah. That when I actually got there, my brain like fried somehow. Okay. Uh, which I don't do anymore. Now I'm a more um, seasoned veteran. But yeah. when I was new, that thing, that kind of thing happened to your memory of like, you spend all night memorizing. And then when you actually get there, it, psst, your it nerves goes. or something. Your nerves. Yeah. yeah your nerves. But uh, that's what class is for. Kind of fixes that yeah um so i usually end this these episodes on a bullshit speed round i ask you a lot of bullshit and you basically <laughs> just answer real quick and it's just like the speed round of a gotcha. bunch of fun questions so what's your favorite horror movie uh texas chainsaw massacre favorite restaurant in buffalo uh oh geez um any of uh, any of the italian ones because that's rare out here like chefs yeah, Chef's is, good, is a very good one. Favorite role you've ever had? Probably Skidmarking Killjoy 4. Favorite band? Uh, Mr. Bungle. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I love them. Yeah. Favorite color? Purple. Grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Great. Best movie to ever come out of Buffalo? Oh, uh, Attack of the Killer Troops. Scariest movie you've ever seen? Uh, Threads, the British um, nuclear attack one. Best Nick Cage performance? Probably still raising Arizona. Least favorite thing about living in LA? Mm. Uh, the price of everything. Best movie theater in LA? Oh, that's, that's, uh, I'll go with New Beverly. Okay. You could even do a top three if that's. Oh, Egyptian, New Beverly, and whatever the one on Fairfax is called now. Brain Dead Studios. Brain Dead Studios. Uh, coolest superhero? Um, Silver Surfer. Favorite Buffalo extra. <laughs> oh <laughs> man. Uh, so my, my brain is doing what I said. Doesn't do anymore. There's so many colliding. It's gotta be uh, Jason John Beebe. Jason John <laughs> Beebe is not an extra. He's an accomplished actor. Well, I mean, uh, fr- I mean, yeah, I guess uh, so. Mick O'Keefe. <laughs> Mick, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you keep the underwear from poultry guys for a little while? I think I did. I don't know. <laughs> I kept the ass. Oh, yeah, you do got, yeah, the, I got ass. the uh foam ass. I have to come over to see the ass. Yeah, I'll bring it over here. Please. God, we can we can punch right through it. I would love to. Uh, grossest thing you've ever seen. Oh, uh, Mo- movie or in real life? In real life. I, <laughs> I, I had a, I, I worked at a video store in college and I had to walk there. OK. And I walked by this grove of trees and I heard this noise. <laughs> oh, God. And I looked in and it was a dead deer and it was maggots. I could hear the maggots from like a few. Oh, no that, way. That was not cool. Uh, <laughs> and in a movie, I'm pretty desensitized to movie. Real life, uh, not my thing, but movies, I'm pretty. Um, I don't even know what what is gross anymore. I just I just love all gross in movies. Most embarrassing moment. Uh I was in band and in fourth grade, I was in band and I farted real loud. 
and the teacher thought I had blown my trumpet out of tune. So um, I probably it was one of those metal chairs and it went, you know, reverberated through the chair. All the kids knew that I farted, but the teacher thought I blew the trumpet. Were they laughing? Oh, yeah. And I had uh, it actually wasn't that embarrassing. It was actually like I was a working class hero. Yeah. But like I had the right on the board. I will not play the trumpet with my conductor uh, does not start the music no or, or some better grammar version of that. That's like Bart so Simpson. I had to write it over and over and over again. When I was in band, I had a friend that uh, put a Reese cup in my trombone <laughs> and it was like not sounding right. I'm like, why does this sound like shit? And then I like reached in and it was a freaking Reese cup. It was like wrapped and everything. But then I just like <laughs> melted. I, it might have been, but it just, yeah, muffled the sound. So I, I took it out and just kind of like tossed it on the floor. And this teacher got so fucking pissed at me and like screamed at me across the room and was like, was like, Kellen, like go into my office and like in front of everybody. And I didn't even like throw this thing. I literally just kind of, uh, I just kind of tossed it on the floor. And I'm like, dude, I didn't even put this in here. Somebody else did. Yeah. Yeah. Band is always a lot of stories. Yeah. No, it was fun though. Uh, main goal for 2022. Get in uh, at least another, at least one more movie. It's kind of slow with the pandemic, but um, what do you mean yeah. at least one more? You're getting maybe five. Ton but more. the but the pandemic. So a normal year, I would have got five. Even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these these years are still cautious. Not as cautious though as a year ago. So we're getting there. We're getting there. I we're think. There. I think by summer. I think. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. feeling pretty good about it. You know, I think the real thing right now is that we kind of want people to get Omicron because I feel like that I'm the, I kind of wonder that too, because that kind of um will immune at least a little immunity. It'll just help. I feel like, and I feel yeah. like it's not like, as long as you're vaxxed, it's really not that bad unless you have yeah. like a pre existing exist. Uh, I don't, condition. I don't necessarily want to speak on this because uh yeah, you know, I don't have a, a, a the science knowledge. Yeah. But yeah. That sort of strikes me from the things I, my, my, articles i read or whatever yeah, yeah sort of armchair uh research yeah not the worst uh thing not the worst thing to happen no yeah but we're gonna get there and you're gonna do some some other great movies yeah vhs5 uh i love vhs5 yeah Did you i love the- four four was, four was good i love the first story with that animal in it that yeah. uh that they were worship that creature oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. and then that one like robot one or whatever that like metal thing was I yeah can't remember. and there was a um simon barrett directed the zombie funeral one. Oh, that was fun um yeah um so where can your fans find you you got any like social media handles or anything i have a twitter it's just at john carius i gotta get back to checking that i kind of lazied up on that yeah i'm on facebook all the time yeah i have the like kind of facebook the page yeah so um i'll uh like that i do add random people um yeah but I do have to, you know, send a note that you heard this or you at least fan of one of the movies or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll put people I don't know on there, though. You have an uh, Instagram, too, right? John Carius. I never checked that. Oh, uh, you got to use Instagram. Yeah, I will. I will. That for is the reason, best one nowadays. For some reason, I never got in the hang of it. And then now it's the. I know it's the best one. I just a little I don't pay, I don't take enough pictures. Yeah, but I got to update that. I'll help you with um, that. That'd be yeah. awesome if you got on there because that's that's the move. Yeah. Just start sharing those VHS and Poultrygeist images. I feel like you'll get a ton of followers. Yeah. I notice I get the email. So-and-so's following me on Instagram and all that. So yeah. it's still sort of lurking out there. Is there anything else you want to plug? I'm in. Um, 
a voice in Adrian Esposito's and Kurt Markham's Clowns in the Woods, uh, who are Rochester-based filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, Jason John BB is in it. Um, of course. I think Bill Brown is in it. The <laughs> usual gang of, of, of goons. Our favorites. Yeah, our favorites. Uh, they are my favorites. We're saying it kind of funny, but it's like, no, they're... I do love seeing them. Really good uh, characters to put in your things. Yeah. Um, that is coming out. I'm not sure what is going on with it but it's finished it exists yeah i'm in an untitled movie by director ramsey abbott uh who made um uh the uh black delia and uh i've known him for years he made one called the tunnel uh really good guy uh and excited about that i think we're shooting a little we shot a little already shooting a little more uh in the next upcoming weeks mm-hmm. And right now, that's really all I got kind of really going on. Um, Very cool. There's always things rolling in various, um, you know, drafts of scripts and we're looking for money and all that. That stuff, you kind of just hope it happens. But uh, the stuff that's sort of like actively uh, already rolling or or edited, but not with distribution is um, Clowns in the Woods and the Ramsey abed project 2022 fantastic well thank you so much for doing this honestly all right it was awesome we've been yeah. talking about this for a while we never got to yeah sit down and we, and we live we where did you live in buffalo uh williams well williamsville is where i'm from okay yeah. i'm from lewiston so we're on the same side of things yeah uh buffalo, we saw each other all the time the uh the overall buffalo to anyone that doesn't know is actually kind of big yeah. Like when you're talking about where I live, Lewiston, it's very far from like yeah. uh, Depew or Derby. Amherst. Or yeah. Amherst isn't that far. Yeah. Uh, Amherst, uh, we, like you go through Wheatfield and you're in Amherst. That's but, true. Yeah. But so like, and now we move across the whole country. We're both uh, can't walk to each other's place, but it's like yeah. a what? 12 minute drive. It's right there. Yeah. You're yeah, kind of so. on like the cusp of like the North Hollywood side. And you're you're in more the, straight yeah, up Burbank, straight up Burbank. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's like 12 minutes. Uh, and I come to that movie theater right near you uh, quite often. So yeah. We're we're neighbors. Yeah. The famous three AMCs that we got here. <laughs> yeah. I love them. I love that. And they play more than you'd expect. Yeah. Um, when you think AMC, like, of course, I saw Spider-Man there, but I also saw um, I saw the Sean Baker when I can't think the the porno one. Oh, um, Red Rocket. Red Rocket. So yeah. good. Did you I like it? That. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, it's yeah. Fantastic. I loved it. So, um, so good. that's not a movie you'd expect at the popcorn theater. You expect no, it more yeah. at the equivalent of the North Park Theater. Um, Art House. Art House. Yeah. yeah. So they get those and they occasionally get these. They get the the Halloweens and the screams, but they occasionally get these. Um, I saw Lamb there. They get these these weirder ones, the A24s and the higher end uh, B movies, I guess. They get those too. Did you like Lamb? It was okay. Yeah, yeah I liked fun. it. Um, you got to check out the other Sean Baker ones, though. You've seen like Tangerine and I've Starlet. Seen Tangerine on the earlier ones I haven't seen. Starlet's really good. I just yeah, saw that. I, gotta, I have it. I haven't watched it. And then my one friend got Takeout, which is like the one that he did in 2004. And the lady co-directed that. The lady that owned the uh, uh, donut shop. 
the Asian. Really? Woman. Yeah, I guess she's been his sort of co-producer, and she wait the girl in the movie. Yeah, no yeah, way. The, the boss, the wow. boss, that not the girl that worked there. The boss. That's crazy. Um. So yeah, he's kind of he's an interesting director. He's more mainstream than the you know uh some of the stuff I'm in, but he's not. Yeah mainstream it's like he's sort of keeping it at this sort of weird indie level he's like a major so, poster collector too he's been collecting posters for like 30 years or something that you can trade posters with him some people yeah. meet that way yeah it's very you cool know? i'll show yeah. him the burning one yeah that's <laughs> like cool. hey you want something with harvey's name on it yeah <laughs> but yeah i've i've liked him I, I like all kinds of movies i'm not just a horror sci-fi guy but me neither um, honestly and i get i get pigeonholed all the time people think that's all i like I don't get insulted by that, but sometimes, like when I mentioned earlier, uh, my favorite movie of the year, off the top of my head, if I really sat down and with a pen, maybe I like something better. Yeah. But my favorite movie of the year being the new Spider-Man. Okay. Like, I thought you were like a weird indie film guy. Yeah. It's like, I am. Yeah. But I I really like that one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like. Did you see they're doing a free triple feature of that at the Los Feliz? I don't need it. I like I like those, but that, that'd uh, be terrible to sit through that. Yeah, I don't I don't need that much of it at once. Um, <laughs> you know, like, but I will say it was my favorite of the year. Yeah, no, the Tom Holland um, ones are fun. Um, yeah. I think my favorite movie was Mass, which is that movie that like Martha Plimpton from the I Goonies ha- did. I haven't seen Mass. Mass is very good. It's like two families coming together and having this discussion about how like the other uh, like daughter or I mean, the other son killed the other one. Oh, and like these two families are coming together and one's like apologizing for their son's actions. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, I'll see. I'll see anything. Yeah, I like well, the past the AMC app that you can be adventurous with. Yeah, nothing you want to see this weekend. Okay, what's this? Yeah, right. Uh, And, you know, I have a priority maybe of like certain actors and directors and things, but in genres, but I will take a chance on those like Mm -hmm. I have not heard of this. Yeah. Uh, The vague description sounds interesting. Click 2 p.m. I'll go. Yeah, for oh, sure. You know, even stuff I'm not that into, I'll try. And I love the fact that you can cancel too. Like if you're like not feeling it, like yesterday I was going to go see Scream again and I'm like, wait, but I might see it with John. So I oh, canceled yeah. it. And, and you like, canceled one. We saw that other movie when I ran into you randomly down there. You're right. I was going to see something. And, and then we saw the card player. The card counter. Yeah. yeah the card counter. You saw me at yeah. Chipotle. I was just um, sitting there and you're like, hey, let's go see a movie. <laughs> yeah. And you clicked your, out of yours and we saw what I was already planning to see that. Was it Black Widow? I think that's what it was. I was going to see Black Widow and I was oh, like, oh, the Marvel one? I was like, fuck that. I'm going to see. Card I missed counter. Black Widow in the theater. I saw it on uh, Disney Plus. What was better, that or card counter? That's a coin toss. Really? I liked both. Yeah. But neither are my favorite. I saw Probably card counter. It's I saw more unique. I saw somebody complain in a review that card counter felt like you could tell it was made during COVID. Do you think that? There was an aloneness to it. I don't think it hurt it though. No, I think kind of helped um, it. Yeah. That whatever. Like not a lot of extras, obviously. Yeah, that that might. Well, some of the casino scenes had him. Yeah. Uh, but he was a weird solitary guy. His, yeah. his room and all that. So. I don't I don't listen to those guys. Sometimes their comments amuse me, but I think you should go into stuff and make it. You don't have to like everything, but make an honest effort of like, yeah, it's really hard to complete this shit, even at that yeah. level. Uh, anything that gets done you know, exactly. actually deserves like 
hey, you you finished, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, th- I think Paul Schrader did great on that, honestly. Yeah, it was he's fun. kind of a weird uh, guy. Older. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, all right. We're going to go check out Scream tonight. Um, all right. Hope you guys check out some of John's movies. I know VHS 2 is on Amazon Prime. Poultry Geist, I'm sure, is probably free somewhere. Oh, it's trauma. Yeah. Um, trauma doesn't uh, police their bootlegs either. I don't think. Killjoy uh, goes to hell is on Tubi for free. I saw I saw it on t- and I haven't seen that. There's a two, uh, Killjoy five that I still haven't seen. I've seen one through three. I noticed that too. But I haven't seen five yet. So I, I got to check that out. out yeah. Complete my own collection. Yeah. Sucks they didn't bring you back. I'm dead. I mean, yeah, uh, but, you know, they can, yeah. they can find a way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just resurrect you. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah this was fun thanks for doing this all right all right well thanks for having me we'll see you guys soon this is our first podcast of the year there's gonna be many more stay tuned all right bye-bye